0: Coach JB here on this Thirsty Thursday. Can't wait to get it going. I know y'all are thirsty for this realness and this raw and uncut gems that I'm about to drop. Audio book is started. I've been dropping it. I'm on chapter four. Uh dropped it. Go check it out on my YouTube channel, my testimonial segment. Just a little 20-minute testimonial. The intro's next, history lessons after that, and then chapter one begins. I'm already on chapter four. We're trying to get through it, trying to get it out there for the people, because I'm a person of the people. Um, can't wait to get it going. This show is brought to you by betonline.ag. Use the promo code Believe B-L-E-A-V. Tell them that I sent you, get you 50% off. We got hockey, NBA. In full swing, baseball is right around the corner. Bet online where the game starts. Canadipscbd.com. Make sure you head on over and get you a new cleanest way to dip. Go get you a dip. Um, canadipscbd.com. Use the promo code Coach JB in all caps. Get you 20% off plus free shipping. Canadipscbd.com, Coach JB promo code. Go over there. I'm trying to win me some fucking prizes so I can give more shit away. Trivia today. Uh, we got a little trivia question for you today. Make sure you call in. Members only. If you're not a member, become one. The best ninety nine you can spend. Members only call in and have a shot at the trivias. Uh, we're getting the trivias back. Uh, apologize. I missed yesterday. So that's how you apologize. You say, oh, fuck. It's, a, it's within a 24-hour span. That's my rule. Uh, I missed yesterday because uh, California has never had snow like it's had. It snowed yesterday once again uh, at my house. 60 mile an hour winds. So at 3 in the morning, I usually get up around 4. 3 in the morning, I noticed the internet and everything went out because I sleep with my TV on. So TV was gone for everything. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? And my fan overhead, my ceiling fan I sleep with, I have to have a fan on. Shut off. It was off. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Power's down. Power's off. My fucking freezer, everything. I'm like, what the fuck? So I lost power for about three hours. They said something happened in the break or the pole up here up the street. So it came back on right around when I start the show, around 6. But at that time, it was way too late to get everything up and running. And I said, fuck it. Work boot Wednesday. And guess what? I had Aaron Taylor scheduled to come on, Chase Sr., had to let them know we had to reschedule. I appreciate it. Uh, we, it kind of was a fucked up day, so that's what happened. Um, FYI. So appreciate everybody. Um, now the Wi-Fi is back. Good. The Wi-Fi is pretty good now. We got new internet connection. All that shit. So no, 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 no Walmart, Boost Mobile, none of that. Uh, we're full go. Uh, Steve Kim's gonna join me. Hopefully Matt McChesney can join me. He's had bad weather as well and uh, dealing with his uh, his, uh, his gym and his kids. So he's been dealing with that. Hopefully he could join me this morning, um, get after that. But let's start you off with the quote of the day, uh, as always. Got to get that going. Um, bam. Your life doesn't get better by chance. It gets better by change. Stop wishing in one hand and shitting in the other one and seeing which one will fill up first. Life don't get better by chance. Oh, please, please, the heavens, help me, help my life. Motherfucker, go change and get better. Go make it happen. Stop fucking wishing. Stop fucking begging, motherfuckers. That's all we do now. That's the whole generation. We fucking beg for motherfuckers to hopefully help you. Like, I wish I would wait on a motherfucker to help me. It blows my mind. Stop fucking... Begging and fucking hoping. How about you go fucking earn it and make it happen? Uh, Contrary to Belief brought you by CanadaDipCBD.com. Make more moves and less announcements. Kind of ties into the quote. Make more moves and less announcements. I'm going to make an announcement hopefully soon when I find out the move has been made and it is fully incomplete. Like, I'm not going to fucking just start announcing shit. Because there's been things that I thought were full go and I haven't, it didn't happen. So I'm lucky I didn't announce it. A lot of motherfuckers announce shit and then, and then guess what? You never hear of the actual drop because it never happened. You announce the shit and then it don't fucking happen. Stop fucking announcing it. Go fucking make it happen. Life is short, contrary to belief. Time is fast. There's no replays, there's no rewinds. Enjoy every moment as it comes. Contrary to belief, the days that break you are the days that make you. If you don't believe that, then you are just a soft pussy. You're a fucking pussy. You're one of these enabled fucks who are just waiting on fucking instant gratification to occur. Poll question, where does Lamar Jackson land? Uh, Can't wait to give you the trivia question. I'm going to be on. uh, There's going to be a few things. Lamar Jackson discussion today. I'm going to be on a few shows. And Aaron Rodgers discussion today. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers has a better shot at going to Miami than Lamar Jackson. Contrary to belief. That's just being, I'm being real. I think Aaron Rodgers can actually land in Miami over Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson... And the Washington Commanders are a better opportunity than Miami. Um, Allen, what up? Alan, I think Aaron Rodgers has a better chance to go to Miami than Lamar. I'm gonna get into it. I think Lamar Jackson is a, a disaster in Miami. I don't think Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson would would even look worse in Miami. People are like, why? What you mean? Lamar Jackson, dog, is going to fail miserably in Miami. What's Miami's strength of their team? Wide receivers. That's their strength of the team. Their entire team, it, they may have one of the best receiving cores, along with Gale- Gusecki, Gusecki, the tight end, in the football in NFL. Lamar would struggle getting those guys to rock. You would have guys wide open all the time, bickering and moaning. And what is Lamar's strength? Running the ball, not throwing it. So, interesting. Interesting. That's just my take. Aaron Rodgers, on the other hand, comes into Miami. He distributes the rock to the best receivers in football. And it will look kind of like the Rams with Mike Martz, Kurt Warner. Best show on turf. Kind of reminds me of that crew, but what do I know we're gonna see we're gonna see yeah um Steve Campbell join me later on um Alan said I can't wait to talk about my new team the Bengals. um. Audio book. I'm starting to get that going. I just started the portion of it. If you haven't read the testimonial portion, it's on my YouTube channel. Go check it out. I put it out yesterday. The live versus PGA uh, divided is as it gets, just as our country is divided. So I, I'm, I I don't want to break this up, but so you have three leagues in football, right? You got USFL, XFL, NFL. Sorry, you got four leagues. You got CFL. You got some indoor leagues and marina leagues. You got two or three in basketball. You got the G League. You got a Europe League. Soccer's got fucking 10 leagues. But when golf does it, everyone is up in arms? Is that is that right? You guys are tripping that golf is actually competing against each other in two leagues? And you guys are mad about it now. Make that make sense to me. I'm, I I want to make sure. I want I want that to make sense. Please, make that make sense. I'm just confused. I want to make it make sense. Uh, it's better competition, in my opinion. The rating thing was a lie. So everybody's like, I know your boys with Pat Perez. Shout out to Pat, birthday boy. Yesterday was his birthday. Turned my age, by the way. Uh, we're both Pisces, probably why we get a fucking along. The rating thing was all bullshit. Uh, I got to see some things that Pat sent me. I got to see some things that were lies from the PGA side. It's unbelievable how they're throwing each other under the bus to make them look bad or make them each other look good. It's crazy to me. There were actually millions of people who watched The Live over the weekend. They were on two different channels. The PGA is only reporting one channel. And plus, it was like the first real weekend on TV. So, like, relax. Like, you guys thought The Live was supposed to come out with Super Bowl ratings? Game one? Day one? (laughs) Like, come on, man. Calm the fuck down. Like, I'm just like, you guys are fucking... You are worse than the kids. Gimme, give gimme, give gimme. Give Instant gratification. Supposed to happen like right now. And then the trigger words told me not to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Nicker Jones said, no one cares. Uh, I, I, I I, kind of uh, disagree. I don't think I think people care because when Tiger Woods plays, it's actually ratings like a Super Bowl. So I'm pretty sure people care. You dumb fuck. How about you change your name? How about you become a member or I block you? You fucking idiot. Because you sound like a fucking troll. That's just what I think. Um Yeah, I can tell he's a troll. Uh, Let's get rid of him. I don't like him. Uh, Just another cat. If you guys start becoming a member, if you're not one already, hurry up and become one. Um, Also, the Discord is up and running, Slap Nation. uh, They start early in the morning. Everybody up there in that Discord. Appreciate everybody in there. I think we're like at 80 members of the Discord. I appreciate you guys. We should get to 100 by the end of the next week. 20 more. 20 more. Become a member of the Discord. Um, Anthony Davis doesn't play. Doesn't play. But Anthony Davis came out and said, we are in must game mode. That means we have to win every game. And then he didn't play. This is America. This is soft. This is the world we live in. This is athletes now. This is players that have got the bag who really just talk, 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 all bark, no bite. We got to win every game. And I got to do whatever I got to do to win those games. That was on Tuesday night, FYI. Wednesday, yesterday, AD sits out, don't play. Like, you can't make this shit up, dog. You really can't make it up. And I'm telling you right now, These motherfuckers will talk and not worry about repercussions because y'all don't give them repercussions. You don't give them any fucking thing to worry about because you'll accept their apologies. You accept them for who they are. You're okay with load management. You're okay with soft. Stop buying tickets, stop going to the games, and see if the commissioner, Adam Silver, don't change shit. But pretty soon, you're going to have $80 million a year being handed out, and still these motherfuckers won't play. And you'll still support it. (laughs) Just keep it real. Ashton, the dog, YouTube takes thirty percent, just like they're 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 pimping, homie. They're pimps, so you know the business. That is what it is. They're gonna take thirty percent. So that's just what it is. That's how it works. So, you know, Google, Google's got the whole world strong armed. John Morant, John Morant, uh, was accused of punching a seventeen-year-old boy twelve to thirteen times and then flashing a gun at him during a pickup basketball game last summer, according to a police report. Um. Uh, <sighs> so I'm just confused because I think I'm on record on this show saying that he's a fake-ass good boy because I know people who actually coached him and raised him in, in, in the Carolinas and, and, and through – AAU and everything, travel pickup and all this stuff. Same with Zion. They kind of played together growing up. I recruited the Carolinas, especially South Carolina, very, very strong. So I got to know a lot of people that actually coach these cats. And these cats came from a great home life. Parents actually have money. Parents gave them whatever they want, private school. And, uh, and now you motherfuckers really are out here thinking that these cats are gangsters. Why do we fall in the trap? Like, dog, you made it, homie. You really made it. You are set for life. Your kids are set for life. You have generational wealth. Why do athletes and rappers all fall under this fucking dumbass ideology that we got to be hard? It's only bad for the black inner city youth. It ain't bad for white America. Motherfuckers don't give a fuck. But rappers and hoopers and NFL football players, which is 90% of the demographic, African-American brothers, sisters, y'all have to act like you're gangster. And 90% of you aren't. AJ Brown is now in the DMs of Schuster, of Juju, talking about, I'm about this life. Like, pussy, stop talking. Take your ring to Cabo. Whoopty whoopty whoop. -whoop. (laughs) Like, come on, AJ Brown. We know who you are, too. I got boys who coached you. Shut the fuck up. AJ Brown, you're as soft as fucking a baby shit. Stop acting as if you're a gangster. But I will tell you one thing, AJ Brown. I have to be honest with you. I have to tell you something that a lot of people don't know and won't tell you. I grew up around this family. I know Juju's daddy very, very well. His daddy's actually from Compton. And I promise you, you have no one in your family like Juju has in his family. I'm going to leave it at that. But keep going around on Twitter like your heart. Because his family, they're not TikTokers, dog. I promise. I promise you, his family is not TikTokers. He's just victim of this generation, my true opinion. He is a victim of the TikTok generation. And guess what? His daddy and parents told him, you're not going to be like us. You're going to go ball. You're going to get a scally. You're going to go play in the league. You're going to make millions, and you're going to leave this shit behind you. Go be a TikToker. Go look soft. I don't give a fuck. Go be soft. We don't care. But we're here if anything ever goes down. (laughs) Best believe Juju's family's there if anything goes down. So, AJ Brown, go ahead and fuck around and not play next year, motherfucker, when you come up missing someplace. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and think his his family's soft because he's a TikToker. That's a problem with you, motherfucker. You motherfuckers think that everybody has to be the same. <laughs> no, they're not. Um, I don't think I grew up as tough as my dad did, by the way. Even though he raised me similar, but I, I don't think I grew up in his unfortunate. I don't think I had the tough life that he had. So our goals are to make our kids not have the same life we had. I hope you understand that. Just throwing that out there. Um uh, Ben Simmons is out again. They said he's done. They're putting him down. Like, sound like a horse. We're going to put him down. (laughs) The Brooklyn Nets are planning on shutting him down for the remainder of the season. Nets brass are disappointed with Simmons and looking into ways to offload his contract. Who is going to take his contract? Who is going to take his contract? I got to be real. Who is going to take his contract? I'm just curious. Time out. But who said we're going to shut him down? Ben Simmons shut himself down months ago. Like, let's be real. He shut himself down months ago. You had, let me let me put this in perspective, though. You had Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, KD, James Harden. You realize you had all these motherfuckers at one time, and you failed miserably. Did they even win a playoff series? Their best playoff run, I'm going to be honest was with Dinwiddie the first year, and that crew when KD was hurt, of course, he was hurt again. When KD was hurt that bubble year, that fucking Nets team right there, I thought was the best team they had. All they needed was KD with that team. I thought that team was actually pretty fucking good. But nope, they had to have the splash. They had to get the, the big-time guys who are all shitbirds, Pussy soft. But guess what? You had to get these fucking big name guys. You wanted to get these big name guys, dog. And I'm like, come on, man. You guys are so fucking soft. Who said the bubble year doesn't count? I love when people say that shit as you work at Walmart. I work at Walmart and the bubble year doesn't count. It fucking blows my mind that the bubble year don't count. Like, so they didn't show up. So they didn't show up to play that year. And they weren't all NBA players. The bubble year just don't, it don't count. We didn't play that year. We we didn't have to play. And we didn't have to stay in the same hotel room and get fucking, fucking, you name it. (laughs) Every single type of fucking, uh, Weird ass fucking disease you could think of, but you know, what do I know? Yeah, well, I actually know some people in the bubble pretty well. Danny Green's a good friend of mine. He'll, he'll, he'll argue with you. Um, and he thinks a little bit differently about the bubble didn't count, but what do we know? We were there, right? You were there, right? I forgot you were there. Motherfuckers love commenting on shit they never have no clue about. JB, you're an asshole. You are fucking the devil. Have you ever met me? No. Damn, it's crazy. So you're assuming I'm the devil and I'm the asshole. No, I saw it on Netflix. and An edited documentary. <laughs> That's how ignorant motherfuckers are. You will believe anything. You'll believe everything and stand for nothing. That is what we are. You will stand for nothing. You'll believe everything. It fucking blows my mind. I'm a grown man, but I'm going to judge another grown man I've never met. (laughs) Oh, dog. It's fucking comical. Mac Truck, I I fully believe you. I agree with you. I don't watch NBA. I agree. That doesn't mean the fucking bubble didn't count. <laughs> uh, all right, I gotta bring this Bengals situation up. I gotta bring. I gotta bring this Bengals deal up. All right. So I don't know if you remember the D. N. Wyatt Hubert. He decided to retire from the NFL at the tender age of 24. After being retired for the last six or seven months, I was able to sit back and let my body just relax and heal naturally from rest. Now I am confident that I can go out and perform the way I was expected to when I initially got drafted into the NFL. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Dog, I don't know if there's a softer announcement. Hey, can everybody in here, Justin Saunders and everybody in this fucking chat, I know you guys are tired. Please don't go to work. Don't go to work today. Please take off six, seven months. Now, you're not going to get paid millions of dollars, but guess what? Just take six, seven months off. Get your life back together, okay? Get your life back together and and do what the body was meant to do. Relax, okay? Relax. (laughs) Oh, man. We're the softest fucks I've ever seen, dog. I'm just being honest. Wyatt Hubert... retired at 24 years old, but now says he's going to perform better than he's ever performed. So guess what? When you play this year, if you do play, I would never bring you back on my roster, by the way. But if you do play, are you going to get banged up and hurt and then come back next year and play? (laughs) Or are you going to retire next year and take another six months off like Ben Simmons? You know who's enabling this, right? The owners, the GMs, the coaches. Stop bringing these fucks back. Make them fucking have, there's repercussions to your fucking actions. Every choice you make has results at the end of it. Let these motherfuckers feel it. Don't let them back. Don't let them back. I mean, fuck, dog. Stop letting these motherfuckers back. Like, let let me correlate that with this. Mac Jones reports that Mac Jones, the coaches for the Patriots were instructed not to be too hard on Mac Jones in an effort to protect him from being too critical of himself. Dog, I I swear to God, I want to throw my I want to throw something. There was an issue in 21 with Jones struggling after getting yelled at, sources said. I have I have zero. If this is true, but we don't know it's true, but I will make a phone call. I'm just telling you, there's there's no way I can ever root for you as a quarterback again. There's no fucking way I could ever, 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 ever look at you again and say you have any opportunity to be good in this league if you can't handle an ass ripping and now we have to stop yelling at you. I'm actually disappointed in Belichick. I think Belichick's probably handcuffed, but I wish Belichick would be like, fuck you, cut. Ah man, I would love Belichick so fucking much if he cut that motherfucker, man. Cut that motherfucker loose. Cut his ass loose. I don't know if this is fake or not. I just wanted to show you that this is a crazy dynamic. Scottie Pippins Jr., they said that they've asked him to step down from the team. He's told to leave the Lakers after the franchise traded for Malik Beasley, who dated Pippins' mother, Larson. <laughs> I don't know if that's real or not. I don't think they can tell you to step down. You're not a fucking coach. You have to fucking pay him and cut them. So that's I know that's fucking dumb lies. So I'm pretty sure it's fake. But I thought it's funny because that shit is actually real. The dynamic there is actually crazy. And I think LeBron's more injured than we think. I think LeBron's got something going on. I think he's there's a few things I think he did. I don't think he'll be back in two weeks. I think he's done. I think the Lakers are done. I think AD's too pussy soft. He can't even play without his boyfriend. After one day, he had to tap out and not play. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, Bree, come on. I love Belichick. Gotta love Belichick. He's a coach's coach, right? Andrew Bogut, if you don't remember Andrew Bogut. So what happened was he signed up his kid for soccer. All right. He signed his kid up for soccer. And in the sign up, that is what he that he cut his kid's name off. But that is what you have to select. You have to select. Male, female, non-binary, gender fluid, gender identity, not sufficiently represented. And Andrew Bogut said, signing our six-year-old, once again, six-year-old up for soccer. I'm confused. What does gender identity not sufficiently represented mean? Please let me know that. And then what does gender fluid mean? And I'm just going to be honest. I don't really need an answer back. I really don't need an answer back. I don't need an answer back at all from anyone because I don't care. I don't need to know. I don't want to know. It is the single biggest waste of time in our American history on the shit that we waste time on like this. Shit that we have to we have to literally What's your pronouns? Like, and I'm sitting there like, fuck, what is that? What the fuck does that mean? What is a pronoun? Fuck, I got to go back to English class to realize what a pronoun is. So it's like a him, a he, a she, a them, a they. What the fuck is a pronoun? So now I got to go back and think about it. And I'm like, fuck. All that thinking just cost me $500 because I could have earned helping somebody else. <laughs> So I could not only have helped somebody, I could have earned some more money for myself as I help somebody. But my world has to stop because I got to think about what the fuck is a gender fluid? What the fuck is a sufficiently representative gender identity? <laughs> so it took a whole day for me to realize what the fuck I have to call people now. Well, I won't do it. I refuse to learn that shit. I'm not going to learn any of that shit and figure out what the fuck it means because I don't believe in made-up humans. Made-up humans are aliens to me. I don't fuck with them. So I'm just trying to figure out why we're doing this to six-year-olds. But I do know why we're doing it. I do know why we're doing it. I know fully why we're doing it. Because we got guys like Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks
1: knew it was Tuesday night.
0: Walking around like this, right? We got Dylan Brooks in the NBA, who kids are looking up to, representing, walking around looking like fucking straight jack-off. But he couldn't dress like Steve Stone Cold. There's no way. I know why. Because we got shit like this happening. This is why. Look at. These are kids, people, babies. These are babies. Look at this little baby back here, a little baby. These are kids that you're doing this to. This is why you have a six-year-old signing up for soccer. This is why we're fucked up. What do you mean? Like, who the fuck? Okay, let's wait up. We're not done yet. We're not done yet. This is why we have six-year-old kids being asked what they are. Like, who is this dude right here? Who's that guy sitting there, the dad of these kids? You should be fucking castrated. Like, I got to be, I got to keep it real. Like, who is this guy right there? Who is that guy right there? Who are these dudes? Look at these three guys right there. Hold on, dog. Look at those three dudes. Blue shirt on the left, the guy in the middle drinking, and the guy on the right. Who are those three dudes? And actually, look at all the dudes behind them. That's all dudes at that table, all men. Um, uh, This is why. But hold up. I'm not... Fucking done yet? I'm not done. Hey. Come on. Michael went on to do great things. He taught twerking in schools. He started a new fitness phenomenon called Twerk to Twenty. <laughs> no one no one's sure if it works or not, but they're giving money for it anyway. And he became the first Olympic athlete to win a gold medal for twerking. Michael was a national hero. All because he followed his heart all because he was true to himself. Like, come on, homie. That is what your kids are being taught. And I'll be honest with you I'll be real with you. Let's just keep it real. Let's be honest. Uh, someone, those kids that you see, the number of kids, like how many kids? Are there? It is a lot, right? A lot of kids in these fucking things, right? Look how many kids and people are in here. Like, these are a lot of people. Like, look at the people in there. Look at all those kids, dog. Those are a lot of people. They all have a parent, correct? Am I tripping? Do they not all have a parent? Someone's allowing this shit. These babies just didn't get in their fucking, on their big wheel and ride on over to the fucking made-up human expose. Sorry, they didn't just get on their fucking trikes and roll on over to the fucking hooters to have a fucking made-up human teach them how to twerk. So (laughs) let's just be real. Let's stop looking at the kids as much as we look at these fucked-up parents. Let's start there, number one. But you wonder why we got the things that we got going on. I mean, we got Dylan Brooks looking like that. You got all this shit going on. And you wonder why we have the issues that Andrew Bogut is dealing with. Like, I'm just being honest. Here's a teacher of the year. Here's the teacher of the year. Ohio teacher, 24 years old, fired for OnlyFans account. Sounds familiar, don't it? days after the principal was fired for signing up to her OnlyFans account. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's a better story for me. I like this story. I don't like the kid's story dealing with the fucking made-up humans. I like this story. It's funny. I mean, we've seen this before. Like, this happened the other day. Fired teacher on OnlyFans But the principal actually was fired before her for signing up. I mean, hey, fuck. Principal got to eat, too. (laughs) Uh, Are avocados the new way to transport the dope? Are avocados the new way to transport the dope? Now, I'm going to be honest. I've seen every single possible way to transport the dope. I'm going to be honest. I've even been seeing this way, but now it's starting to pop back out. If you don't know about avocados, check it out. with your avocados dog they're gonna pour that shit right in the motherfucking seed and then not only will they grow the seed in the ground they'll fucking move that bitch so open up your uh, avocados you might be rich <laughs> i love me some avocados by the way i eat an avocado damn near every day i love me some avocado i don't know if you do but shit we've been doing that for a year. All right, I gotta I gotta be honest. I gotta be honest. Avocados are the they the fattest avocados the fattest food that you can possibly eat, and the single most healthy food you could possibly eat. So it is a complete oxymoron of a fucking food. And you gotta you gotta you gotta weigh out the good with the bad, dog. So I'm gonna put a fatty food in my system, but I'm gonna eat the healthiest food in this in the world. What am I gonna do? So I, I eat it. Fuck it. Um, but it is a good fat. Uh, all right, I got to ask you guys this question. L- let me let me show you this video real quick that I stumbled upon, and then I want you to give me your feedback. Uh, JD Feegan, if an avocado is horrible tasting, then when you lick ass, what do you think that tastes like? You think that's okay? Here we go. Watch this video.
1: Why? I need my card, the key, the fob, and the ring. Why? I found out that you were transgender. You've been lying to me since the start. You want to do that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. We we have not gonna, I'm not going to argue with you. Hold up.
0: How do you find out that you're a made-up human? How do you find out you're a made up human after you're living together? I just got that first question to ask. Let me finish the video. You take all
1: your stuff out the bottom. I don't care. I'm not gonna argue with you. Like I said, I'm not gonna argue with you. Here we go. You need to key in the box too. I gotta return I will return. Thank you. I'll return. I please, I need it. Like I said, you can get yourself out of the apartment. You're not going to do anything to yourself. That's out. Okay. I'm not going to change the way you feel. I'm not going to do anything.
0: First of all, the dude is 5'4, 380. All right, let's just be, let's be cool. And the made up human is like 6'1". How do you not know who that is when you met the motherfucker? But let's move in together. So you're telling me that you guys have been fucking this whole time and you didn't realize that your little wee wee bumped up against some balls and a dick and a hairy asshole. <laughs> you shit me, right? You didn't know that the motherfucker either cut his shit off, has a newfound clit, or something ain't right. Or when this bitch is choking the fuck out of you. When you're supposedly hitting it, and the hand strength in this made-up human is popping your fucking eyeballs out of your skull, you didn't think nothing of it? (laughs) Are you fucking joking me? Come here, motherfuckers. Hit this shit right. (laughs) Motherfuckers eyes are out of his skull. Oh, damn, girl. You got some strong-ass hands. Motherfucker, no, I don't. I'm a fucking (laughs) ex-weightlifter.
1: Holy fuck, homie.
0: How in the fuck am I supposed to believe that video is real? I'm thinking that's made up, too, just like all these fake clickbait videos we got going on. That is what it is. Let's just be honest. You know fucking damn well. That's what the fuck it is. He knew that was a fucking boy. He knew that shit was a little boy. Come on, man. You missed me with the shit. Now, let's get into some real shit. Uh, Let's get into some real shit. Let me show you Give me your guys' take on that. Positive. I like it, right? Positive. Better than shooting, teaching a motherfucker how to shoot somebody. Positive, right? You guys think it's positive. <clears throat> um. Now, let me go back to the beginning of this motherfucker for you, you know, before I tell you my thing. It says, <laughs> you do it every day. Thank you. Positive. Energy and excitement. All right. Let me give you guys. Let me give you guys a little intake. Let me give you guys a little insight. All right. Let me give you guys a little insight. Now look, I don't mind you doing your own thing with your own kid, dog. That's your own kid. Do what the fuck you want to do. Nobody's judging you for fucking what you do with your own kids. The teacher thing, I have a problem with for one reason. I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem. I don't want to be the guy on the front lawn yelling and like you guys all say I do. I'm not, I don't have a problem with it. Positive, etc. Whooped. The positive energy in the trust part is the problem I have. Okay. Here's the problem. Here's the reason why. First of all, the trust thing is not being rebuilt. It's actually being built to fuck you over, Mr. Teacher. Mr. Officer, you are actually going to get fucked in the long run. Because now these kids are growing up to think that they're your homie and they're your boy. I've seen it happen in my very own eyes. With my very own eyes, I see it too much. These teachers that are doing that shit who thinks it's really... Why, why is it being filmed? If it was such a good deal, let me just be real. Why is it being filmed to show the world so it looks cool? And it's, oh, man, we're doing that shit. We're doing it in the hood. And i am got my teachers. We're cool. Be honest, dog. You're filming it because you want clicks and likes. Those kids don't fucking remember who you are when you go home. Just so we're clear. It might look good because they know they're on camera. They're not trusting in you. (laughs) And guess what? You see the high school kids now that did this shit right here five years ago? Guess what they're doing now? They're beating up teachers every day. They're fighting every day. They're choking teachers out every day. They're calling teachers' names every day. Stop with the bullshit. You know what I'd do if I was that teacher? I'd stand that motherfucker like this. Get your motherfucking ass in the classroom. Sit the fuck down. That's what I would do if I was a teacher. And you know what? I would still have a relationship with the motherfucking kids. And you know what? They would run through a wall for me. Still. But to you, contrary to belief, oh JB's an asshole. Why well, I've never had a kid fucking try to fight me in class. I've never had a kid call me out my name in class. It's ironic how it works. But see, you motherfuckers think that this pretty old good goody two-shoe shit is the way to go. Because the world's so negative, Coach JB. Let's be positive. Let's show the kids how to how to clap. Get the fuck out of here. Sit your motherfucking ass down and learn real life shit right quick. So I can fucking teach your ass how to respect grown folks, motherfuckers. Sit your motherfucking badasses down. Your parents just dropped your asses off because they didn't want to deal with your soft motherfucking asses all day. And now I'm your fucking babysitter. So guess what? We're going to learn some real shit today. We're not going to learn how to fucking high-five 40 motherfuckers 40 different ways. That is where this teacher is fucking up at. But I'm the asshole. I'll be the negative one. Um... I gotta show you this though. Have you seen the pole dancer on the tractor? Have you seen that? Have you seen that? Trip, trip this out. <sighs> i I agree that shit is someone's daughter, by the way. That is someone's daughter on that pole upside down on a trake on a tractor, by the way. Uh I do agree that is someone's daughter. The shit is getting out of hand, homie. The shit is getting out of hand out here. We're doing shit now that we're just doing shit to do it. Like let's be honest, we're just doing some weird old fucking shit. We're just doing some weird fucking shit. I am just being honest. Like, come on, man. What the fuck are we doing? What are we doing? Steve Kim joins us in about 20 minutes. Um, Can't wait to dive into what we're going to discuss. We're going to talk about our top 10. Top 10 college football teams of all time. Can't wait to argue with Steve Kim. Steve Kim's going to have number 10, Miami, number nine, Miami, number eight, Miami, number seven, Miami, number six, Miami, number five, uh, LSU, number four, Alabama, number three, USC, number two, Miami, number one, Miami. <laughs> Steve Kim's going to have like six Miami teams in the top 10. Um. Can't wait to break down the top 10 uh, college football teams of all time. Aaron Rodgers. All right. I want to get into Aaron Rodgers real quick. I'm going to get into some Aaron Rodgers talk. Uh, Let's get into some Aaron Rodgers. So he came out of the darkness retreat. I would think he was going to be on Pat's show, and I thought it would make news. I guess he did not go on Pat's show when he got out. He went on some other guy's podcast. I don't know who it is. He went on another dude's podcast on Tuesday when he got out of the thing over the weekend. And he went on this uh, guy's podcast. And I got to be honest, okay? I got to be honest. Here's my take on Aaron Rodgers. I think he's probably number 1A or 1B ball spinner of all time, okay? he I don't think he has the it factor to win games at an all-time rate or he would have three or four Super Bowls and then we'd be talking about Aaron Rodgers as the best ever right there with Tom Brady, right? But having said this, I'm starting to lose my, my care, I guess. I'm not going to say like because I don't know Aaron like that. I'm going to... I'm going to say the care, my care about what he does, what he's doing, etc., etc. I've lost, I've lost the care for it. I don't really care anymore about what he does. I don't really care about what he does anymore um, because it's now starting to become a spectacle. It's becoming a spectacle. And I got to be honest. Um, I got to be real here, okay? Uh, Let's be honest here. Let's just be honest. If you're so reserved to yourself, quiet, don't want anyone to know what I do, why are you on a fucking podcast every day? (laughs) Like, Can you people wake up and start thinking outside and looking outside the box and just say... Well, fuck, for a guy that doesn't really want to talk about nothing, he's sure on a lot of fucking shows every day. Great for content creators, right? i am be honest, if I was playing in the NFL today and I'm a quarterback of his magnitude and stature, you, you think I'm really going to be on all these fucking shows? If I'm currently playing, I wouldn't be on these shows if I was currently coaching a little less playing. My shit's done, dog. I'm just chilling now. I do my own show. I do my own shit. So I go on shows if you're going to ask me on your show. Why not? I have no reason not to. Aaron Rodgers is playing. And then he says one thing and does the complete opposite. He's on everyone's show and sits there and talks about how reserved he is. And how quiet he is, and how he's waiting for the right situation. Like, homie, it's getting old. Aaron, it's getting old. I gotta be honest, it's getting old. And we gotta we gotta pump our brakes. The shit's getting old. Um, stop going on every fucking buddy's stop going on everyone's fucking podcast, dog. Stop going on everyone's podcast. Uh, let me be real. I mean, just stop it. Like, stop going on all the fucking shows. If you're so reserved, stop going on everyone's fucking show. Like, dog, <laughs> it blows my mind that you think you're really on all these fucking shows. But I'm reserved. I'm reserved. I don't want to talk. Dog you're a fucking joke artist. You are a joke artist. <laughs> <laughs> um Let me see here. God damn, there's this guy that's trolling that's uh I got a guy that that's DMs me every 20 minutes. Like seriously, think about this. I'm a straight bitch. I got a bitch-made cat who DMs me every 20 minutes with a new account. <laughs> Dog, I'm not lying to you. There's a guy that creates a new account because I block him every day or every five minutes, and he creates a new account, and uh, he hits me up with, like, the clown emoji or whatever. Um I'm this, I'm that. Dog, I'm so embarrassed from this cat. Like, let me ask one person in this chat. Well, he may be in the chat. I don't know. Would you create a thousand accounts to just keep DMing a a man? (laughs) Bree, a female wouldn't do that to a man. Why are men the bitch-made motherfuckers? Like, I've been saying, how long have I been saying men are the bitches? I don't call women bitches unless they really are, like, deserving. But I call a man a bitch. Like, the men that do bitch-made shit are way worse than any female. Like, I don't know why females got tabbed the word bitch. I think males should get that tab. Like, there's more bitch-made males in America in the world than females, by far. You can't change my mind. You cannot change my mind. There are more bitch-made men in this world than there are any type of bitch-made females. (laughs) Just telling you. I'm just telling you, dog. I call call women the other thing. I call men, though, holy shit, dog, it, it blows my mind. I wish I would. I I wish I would fucking just make up a fucking name. Like, I won't make up a separate email account. I ain't going to make up a fucking 20 Twitter accounts. Are you fucking joking me? Coach, what? Your burner. I'm like, what the fuck is a burner? I didn't even know what a burner was. And when I shut everyone down with this, why would I make a burner when I literally say what I feel on my regular account? (laughs) Why would I need a burner? I, I'm pretty sure I say my <laughs> what I think on my regular account. What the fuck would a fake account do for me? Oh, man. I said that on Pat's show one day, and he was like, fuck, you're right. You say the exact same shit that you would try to hide your identity through on your regular account. <laughs> no shit. Why the fuck do I want anyone to know I'm fake? I ain't fake. I, wanted, I want you to know what I feel like, motherfucker. This is who I am. Are you fucking joking me? Holy shit. Wish I would do a fake fucking account. You got me fucked up. People, you're fucking unbelievable. (sighs) Montana Super Bowl jersey breaks Tom Brady's auction record, if you haven't heard about that. Uh, KD plays finally. Yay, plays. Clap it up. KD plays with Devin Booker in a long-awaited son's debut. He had 23 points, I think. His most efficient start with a new team in his career. Now, let's get to two things. Jalen Carter, top draft pick possibility in the NFL, Georgia D tackle, shows up for the combine this past weekend or this past weekend. Uh, yesterday, an arrest warrant's issued, and shit gets real. He's escorted out of the out of the combine. His agent and lawyers get a hold of him. We got to get the fuck out of Dodge. He's like, "What's up?"' They're like, you're fucking being uh huh. you're fucking being arrested. We got to get the fuck out of here so you're not arrested on the premises of the combine in Indianapolis. So Jalen Carter gets the fuck out of Dodge. It breaks on the news later that Jalen Carter not only kill the person that we heard about we didn't know really why but the issue is the vehicle the vehicle and the vehicle itself is my sole discussion here i want to talk about this vehicle i want to talk about the vehicle i want to talk about the true issue here What have I been saying, dog? What have I been talking about? For how long have I been saying it? Quit giving the car keys to the vehicles that these kids don't know how to drive. Now, I've been saying it figuratively because we're anointing the kids and handing over the car keys before we teach the kid how to drive. Figure of speech, right? Well, now it's becoming a literal. Huh. Now it's becoming literal. Now it's not only a figuratively speaking, it's literally speaking. And I see it every day on the street. I know you guys see it every day on the street. These kids don't have a fucking care in the world. They don't value a dollar bill. They don't value a life. They don't value their own life. They don't give a fuck about anything. You've given them too much fucking money. You've allowed player empowerment at an all-time fucking high. You've allowed them to transfer four times in four years. You've given them unbelievable NIL money, and you've given them now keys to the car, and they don't know how to drive. It's figuratively speaking and literally speaking, and I'm going to be real with you. Not only, I guarantee you, ask Jalen Carter to change the brake pads on that motherfucker. Change the oil in that car. Think he knows how? He don't know how to make himself a fucking dinner other than a microwave fucking chimichanga. You think he knows how to cook a dinner? You think he knows how to put a fucking kid through college? You think he's paid a light bill or a mortgage? But we're going to give him everything. Here, dog. Here, dog. Go. Take it. Here's the deal. The car has been since identified as a very expensive, I believe it was a Jaguar or a Maserati or a Porsche. They haven't said. They said one of the three cars, which was direct result from a NIL deal. The car was given to him. The car was given to this kid from a booster on an NIL deal. As part of a ploy to keep the kid happy at Georgia. He got a car from an NIL deal that killed a person. Yet, we still haven't figured out what I've been saying for months and months and months on Unnecessary Roughness on Barstool. On Outkick two days yesterday. On Jason Whitlock show. On my own very show. On Pat McAfee show. On you name it. Every show I've been on. From Theo Vaughn to fucking <sighs> Shade 45. I've been talking about quit anointing these kids and giving them the keys to the car before they learn how to drive it. It has come full circle. It has come to full fucking circle. It has come to fruition. This is what's happening, and you're seeing it full go. But what does JB know? What do I know? What do I know? Um, <coughs> Isaiah said, the car was a Jeep Trackhawk. So I don't know if that's the car that crashed, but I know that he also got a Maserati or a Porsche in one of these NIL deals. But they said the car that killed the person was an NIL. Well, I'm sure all the cars have been given to him from NIL deals. So the car that killed the person, Isaiah is saying it was a Jeep Trackhawk. So I have no idea what that is. But it's an NIL car. How much is that car, Isaiah? You know, you know how much a Jeep Trackhawk is? Um 707 horsepower in the Jeep Trackhawk. Uh, 180 miles an hour top speed. A hundred thousand dollar car. Okay. So it's a hundred thousand dollar car was given to this kid who don't know how to drive. And don't tell me he knows how to drive because he got a license. I'm fully on the back in the day, I believe 15 year olds should have got licenses. And then in California, it was 16-year-olds could get a license. I got my license the day I turned 16. I already did my driver's test. I was already ready. But my dad had me driving diesel trucks when I was fucking 11. I took my driver's test in a stick shift because my dad wanted it to be fucking harder on me than it would be when I drove in the fucking actual, on the freeway or with people. We cared more then. So when you care more, you teach better can we be honest if you care more you invest more and teaching driver's ed and very very like home ec home economics was a huge class teaching how to cook we've taken all that out of schools by the way that's a whole nother show by the way we've taken all that out p no more p mandate no more p mandate in high schools or elementary or junior high Used to be our favorite class, dog. But now, nope, home ec. Used to love home ec. Used to be able to learn how to cook a cake and bake a fucking cake and a cookie. These kids don't know how to make fucking nothing. They go shopping and fucking, they they have Uber Eats deliver their fucking cooking, Already made from Chick-fil-A. All these different things. But driver's ed, I have to say, was the single most important class that public education offered. But we, we killed it. We took that shit out. We took driver's education out of the schools. And in my opinion, it is right there with Tom and Jerry becoming friends. It literally fucked the youth. It fucked us. Because driving is the worst I've ever seen it in our in the history of mankind. And I know Steve fucks around being in from Asian descent and Korean and all that. He ain't fucking around, though, when it comes to this driving thing. The drivers in America, I don't care if you're white, black, brown, Asian, whatever, are the worst drivers I've ever fucking seen. So having said that and having taken out driver's ed, if you're trying to convince me that I'm going to give this kid a $100,000 car who's 19, 21, 20, 20, how old is Jalen Carter, 21, 22? I fucking guarantee you Jalen Carter don't know how to drive and don't know how to fucking act right in a vehicle, a little less a Jeep Trackhawk that has 700 fucking horsepower. Again, let's anoint everyone. Let's enable everyone. Let's have instant fucking gratification. Let's make sure that we want instant fucking gratification. Everything has to happen now, 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 now. And let's continue to give these kids the keys to the car and let them just fucking kill people. The Suggs kid, Rugs, Henry Ruggs or whatever. Suggs, I don't know his name. 176 mile an hour on the strip, by the way. That's smart. Uh, Jalen Carter, they don't know how fast he was going. I think they said over 100 Three in the morning. So why are you with the fucking... Why is the fucking recruiting officer with you, though, from the college? I don't know that whole thing. But we know guys fuck those girls all the time. Those girls fuck the players all the time. So we know what was happening there. (sighs) Figuratively and literally now, Jalen Carter and these kids not only getting praised, anointed... And fucking worshiped. We're getting $100,000 whips. And now we're killing motherfuckers because we don't know how to drive them. And people say, well, we got a license. A license don't mean shit. Just like a degree. You could have a fucking 10 degrees. I got four degrees, dog. You think I could tell you half the shit that's in that degree? Fuck no. Do you think that he knows how to fucking drive like a fucking... 40 year old. Fuck. No, he don't have the experience to be on a road going that fast. I don't give a fuck. If you have a license, you don't have the experience and you don't give a fuck about anyone else. Not even yourself anymore. Used to say, we don't give a fuck about anyone, but yourself. Remember that whole saying? My dad used to tell me that all the time. You don't give a fuck about anybody, but yourself. Dog, we don't give a fuck about anyone anymore, not even ourselves. All we care about is getting the bag, getting the money, and that's it. Nobody gives a fuck about themselves, the people around them, fucking kids, They don't give a fuck about a value of a dollar. What the true value of a dollar is? They don't give a fuck. They don't care about elderly people, women, older men, teachers, coaches. These motherfuckers don't care about shit. And you motherfuckers accept their apologies Tell them it's okay. Give them the keys to the car. Give them unlimited amounts of money. Tell them it's okay to demand a trade under contract. Let them transfer four times in four years. Give them three, four million dollars without them ever having to prove anything. Giving these motherfuckers $250 million guaranteed and they ain't won a fucking playoff game. I can go on and on and on and on. And that's because we allow it and not coach it. We don't coach it. We allow it. You go to the games that Kawhi Leonard load manages. You go to the games that LeBron and AD load manage. You go to the games that Ben Simmons sits out every fucking day. Brooklyn, you go to the games that fucking Kyrie Irving didn't want to show up for. You are still paying their fucking salary. Stop! Put a halt to the dumb shit! But you won't do it. You won't do it. Coaches, you are allowing transfers at an all-time rate. Nah, coach, kids are soft. They're just transferring. No! No! Someone's taking them, motherfucker! Someone else is taking the kid from the transfer portal. Stop. Stop taking the kid from the transfer portal. Guess what that does, people? It stops transfers. (laughs) But we can't, you motherfuckers can't fathom it. You think I'm taking a transfer if I'm coaching today in D1? Fuck no. I'm taking a grad transfer quarterback, maybe. I ain't taking no transfers, dog. Just telling you right now. So, if, if some miracle happens and I get a coaching job, and you're going to be like, damn, Coach AB really didn't take no portal kids, and he's fucking killing it. <laughs> because, dog, who is going to stop it? I used to have a saying if not me, who? If not f- me, then who? If I can't save Raheem Boyd, then who's going to do it? If I don't motherfuck Emmett Gooden and get him where he could not get himself, then who will? If I don't get him his high school diploma and college degree, who will? No one will. No one will. That's my approach. But, see, we don't think that way. You all think they'll take care of him. They got him. Coach, they got him. They got him. Coach, he apologized. He's going to the next place. They got him. He's good. No, he's not. If not me, who? Because if you let them get out from underneath you, you fail that kid. Now, if the kid is this absolute shitbird and he won't buy in and he won't do the things that are right, you got to cut bait. That's not the same as losing him because you would not meet all the requirements that it takes as a head coach and a mentor. So just throwing that out there. Um <sighs> Thomas Lester. Alan, can you tell Thomas Lester that I never took a JUCO transfer, please? So he can shut the fuck up because obviously he thinks he knows me. Um, I took every single one of the Division I transfers. Don't get it twisted. But a JUCO transfer? No, I didn't. So, But you know better, Thomas Lester. Another fucking moron putting his foot in his mouth. Because he thinks he knows something that he saw on Netflix. <laughs> Alan, everyone in the chat that played for me, please tell this dumb fucking dick rider that we didn't take people from other JUCOs. Steve Cam joins us. I'm gonna take him off so he could blow his nose and then I'm going to bring him back in. So nobody saw him blow his nose. See what I mean? Now I'm going to take him off again because he's blowing his nose and then I'll put him back in. Um, Ooh, sinus issues in the morning. I'm just telling you. It's like a... Hey, me too. It's, it's weird. I think it's from Ohio. East
2: Palestine <laughs> I hope not. Oh, I hope not. But uh, how are you doing, coach? Ma'am, I'm good. You? I'm doing good. Start of another great day.
0: No doubt. It's a great day to have one. Um, I don't know if you heard about this teacher. She is unbelievable. She is the best teacher of 2023. She was fired for an OnlyFans account, but only days after the, her principal got fired for... Adding her on OnlyFans. You know what? She's
2: pretty thick with the two C's. I got to give her credit. I'll give her an A.
0: I I give her an A.
2: Um, Here's the question I have. Why is it that she's fired, but these teachers trying to change the sexual orientation of young kids, why are they elevated? Why are they allowed on the job, but not her? I don't get it. You mean like this guy?
0: Ugh. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Wait up! You mean this one? Hold on, yes. I, Steve. I got, I got, I got a thousand of them. You mean this went one? On to do great things. Steve, I have literally twenty of these videos. Why is this a thing now? <laughs> I mean, but we're okay with that. And well, I'm sure this, Steve. I'm looking around see. the room, and especially in this video right here. Oh hold on! Do you see all those men back there? Five men, Steve, have allowed this little baby to go in here and be fucking look and be danced on by this fucking made up human. So I'm like, I'm like, I, I, I'm just confused as to why these people are are allowed to do it. But we'll fire the OnlyFans girl who's making a, a living. I don't understand it. Now, I wouldn't involve my kids with OnlyFans like I know some people do. But if I'm a single female or whatever and they got to go make their money, I'm all for it. Go make your money. I don't give a hell. Yeah. I Look, at the end of
2: the day, I don't think either is great. And as a teacher, you got to have discretion. I get it. But if you're talking or you're asking me what is the lesser of two evils, uh, Miss OnlyFans or the other stuff, I I think Miss OnlyFans, I I take that every time. But again, none of this, none
0: of this is coincidental. There are no coincidences in life. I know I know why though it's happening. Yeah, are are people that are kids that we used to look up to, like you know Michael Jordan. We all looked up to Jordan, right? We looked up to Bird and and Joe Montana. Now our kids are looking up to this guy. I mean, don't you see the correlate? Like that's what I'm starting to see. Like I'm starting to see. You know, we look up to we look up to this guy who won't play. And AD AD Steve came out and said we got to win every single game for the Lakers, and he don't play yesterday. <laughs> I'm like, wait up! And then and then Andrew Bogut puts this out. He's trying to sign up his kid for soccer, and they're putting on the thing. What is your six year old? Is he? Non-binary, gender fluid, gender identity not sufficiently represented. And Andrew Bogan, I love Andrew Bogan. signing up our six-year-old for soccer. Let me again reiterate, six-year-old. So, I don't know. You no, know, Coach, here's the thing.
2: The NBA has become the most unrelatable league, really. And they, they seem to shove messages down everyone's throat. And they seem to be impervious to the fact people are kind of rebelling against it. Uh, I won't watch the NBA. I find it completely uninteresting. I don't think it's real competition anymore. They've watered down and diluted the product. They've made it unimportant for about, what, five or six months of the year of their season, the core of their season. Nobody cares, not even the players or coaches and the management. And – they have weak leadership up top with a guy I call Adam Aluminum. I, I think it's a shame. I don't even watch the NBA Finals anymore. I really don't. I, I just, to me, that league is dead to me. It really is. I mean, like,
0: What about this cat? I know Steve. I know that John Morant is from a good ass parent, uh, two two parent home. I know he's a good kid, and I know he was raised right because i know people that coached him in south carolina he went to a private school he had money he's not broke he's not a hood kid now he wants to be gangster and pull out a gun to a 17 year old and apparently hit the kid set 13 times i'm i'm like why are the rappers and the basketball players and the football players and everyone that's 90% inner city black youth why are they trying to be something they're not is Whoa. what I- understand like they have to like like I I talk to my kids all the time I thousand of them being black by the way one kid being white and I'm sitting there like why are you trying to do be this guy that you're not because Steve the guy that rolls up to my school in a BMW and has Louie and I I tell him you're not gonna make it here and the kid that rolls up with a with a broomstick and one t-shirt hanging over with all his shit in it I know that motherfucker is a real hood kid. That's struggling. These other dudes, they're 90% of them are got it made, but we're acting as if we don't. And I'm like, dog, stop with the acting gig because you are actually making the kids look up to you and now think that they have to be hard. They're not. <laughs> well,
2: is Morant now really a shooting guard? I, I mean, here's the thing. This, this is a lot of this. I think is societal and cultural pressure. Uh you know, I don't even know how much Jay Moran has ever talked about, hey, I had two parents, lived in a nuclear home. But if he gives off the air of being a Huxtable, it's not going to play well. right? It, it's not going to be accepted. And somewhere along the way, we have lowered the standards of behavior, not only behavior, expectations. I have a belief that the standards that you have for people, whether it's individual or collectively, that's what you really think of them. If you have high standards for a group of people, you really actually think very highly of them. If you lower standards or push the bar down, that's what you think of them. And I believe there's
0: two ends of the spectrum, though. We got these guys that grew up in a good neighborhood, good family, good, no, you know, everything. Upbringing is fine. And they go do this, they pull out pistols and act hard. And then I think you have the spectrum where we have this teacher doing this. Doing this then we got that mm. spectrum like those kids don't fucking respect you. Why wow. do you they think they're fighting in, in teachers now? When they get five years later, when they're in high school, they're beating up teachers now. But wow. you taught them the dance. You taught them the da- handshake, Steve. I
2: just wonder, do kids in the suburbs need that? I'm getting in there and learn. I I guess, cute, whatever. Look, I'm not a big fan of football coaches who do the chest bump with their players and they jump. I, I've told one coach, you want to be stereotyped for life as a position coach that's just going to be the recruiting guy that's cool but never make the big money? Keep doing that. Nope. To me, if I'm a coach, I give a handshake or a fist bump. That's it. We win, we might high five. That's what I love about Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson, he just handshake, pat on the back. That's it.
0: You never saw me do that shit. I didn't do no fucking dance.
2: Right. and when I I see see the coaches jumping up in the air, doing the chest bump. I'd say timeout. I'd ask that coach. Come here. Do you want to make millions of dollars as a coordinator and head coach? And they'd all say yes. Good. Then stop that shit. You are the adult. You are not one of them. You are a position of authority. That's it. You want to be cool?
0: Go ahead. We're going to be good because there is a difference. Steve, our our coaches who are supposedly our mentors and leaders and teachers are begging kids not to transfer from their school. So they're kissing their asses at all time rates and they're losing all integrity, Steve, as a coach, because. Just in between the begging of not leaving my school to go to school B, what do you do, Steve? You allow them to miss school. You, you know, allow them to practice. You allow them to be late. You allow them to get away with wearing different gear or sagging their pants or calling a girl a B word. You allow all this to happen, and guess what they do? They still transfer well, on you. So. Totally- now- lost your locker room in the middle of this because now all the other kids saw that you allowed Johnny to do whatever the fuck he wanted to do. And now you've lost your own integrity. And now you're sitting there like, wow. And that kid now didn't learn anything. And now he's going to school A. Then he went to school B. And now he's going to school C now. And he's only a sophomore in high school. He's been in three high schools. And I'm sitting there. We're seeing this all across America right now. Coach, I I agree with you, but
2: here's the problem. In the real world today, with that transfer portal and the fact that there is so much poaching, you literally have to re-recruit 65 players every single year. That's a tough job now. I actually think a lot of coaches would rather just go to the National Football League and be a position coach there than in college because the money might be a little bit better, but it's not just the money. You already have contracts. You have GMs and salary cap. You don't have to worry about that. But think about it: if you have about twenty players graduate right every year, and you're bringing in another another twenty to replace them, I get that recruiting process that has to happen. But you literally now have to make sure that the third year redshirt sophomore isn't down on his, you know, down on himself. He wants more playing time or another school says, "Hey, you could start over here." And we'll give you 5,000. It's ridiculous. So I kind of get it. The
0: game, the, that dynamic has changed a lot the last two, three years. I just talked about the Jalen Carter deal. You know, he has an opportunity to be number one pick in draft, if with the right trade goes down, what have you. They pull him from the combine because the arrest warrant gets issued. His agent and lawyer figure this out like, oh, we got to sneak you out the back. And I broke down. They gave this cat a Jeep. They gave him a few cars, apparently, in NIL deals. And he killed a person driving 100 miles an hour in a $100,000 car. He's 21 years old, 22 years old. He don't know how to drive. We already know the deal. But we're giving him the car keys to the car. And now I used to say it figuratively. Now it is actually literally speaking. They don't know how to drive the fucking car. They literally, figuratively, they don't know how to drive anything. They can't change the brakes. They don't know how to change the oil. They can't take a kid from one point to another. They have no idea what the real world really entails, but we're giving them the car keys to the Lamborghinis, to the Jeep fucking whatever, and telling them, Hey, it's all right. Go do this. We'll give you $3 million. And they're killing people now with these boosters, paying them NIL money. They're paying. They're basically killed a person with an NIL dollar. It is that bad. Steve, it is spiraled out of control and we are literally anointing every single slapdick out there who can't even ride, can't even drive a car yet but we're telling them here here's your Ferrari go ahead you're going to be a first round draft pick but now we're having guys getting murdered over it killing people over it driving drunk 170 miles an hour in the NFL we got this kid now on a draft that like what are we doing it takes an adult to say all right enough is enough like but I've been saying for three years, once we started with this NIL deal and the, and the transfer portal spiraling out of control, this thing is going to implode and we're seeing it in the NCAA, Steve, the, the 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 non-caring assholes of America really can give a shit less.
2: Well, when did we go from kids should be compensated to kids should be getting uh, life-changing money? at 18. And somewhere along the way, he went from one spectrum to another. You know, as it relates to Jalen Carter, I don't know if, if this was an isolated incident. I, I guess he's done this before. I don't know if that alone makes him a bad person or if there's really character issues, but I will say this. When you do stuff of that nature, like street racing or speeding in public roads, and, and you've seen all the shows where people are doing the donuts and people get kind of clipped by cars, which is hilarious because I have no sympathy for those people. But when you do something out of your own volition that puts other people in danger that didn't ask to be involved, like driving really fast, I have no respect for you. At least I have no respect for that action. If you're going to do lines of cocaine and just lay there and get high, I can actually say, you know what? You're just hurting yourself. You're only impacting you. Theoretically, hope you don't go drive any machinery or fly a plane. But when you start putting other people in harm's way by weaving in and out of traffic, driving 120 miles per hour uh, on a one-way street. Miles Garrett did it too. Right. I have a hard time really sticking up for you. So, Seriously, wait, uh, like if you jumped off a bridge and you only impacted yourself, I'd say, you know what? Poor guy, must have had issues. But he only hurt himself. Let me ask you this. When we start hurting other people, I'm sorry. That's where I draw the line. Maybe I'm old-fashioned, but I'm
0: not changing. Let me ask you this. Um, Freddie Max here says, you're saying this guy killed a person like you were there. Wow. Well, the facts is that he was driving a car and killed a person. So I don't know where I'm lying about. (laughs) Like the motherfucker killed somebody in a car. Well, by it.
2: the way, I'm saying that Muhammad Ali beat Joe Frazier in the Thrill in Manila, like I was there. I, I mean, I don't, I don't
0: know. Uh, you didn't mean, see a, car, a tree grow.
2: There. Yeah, yeah. In fact, you know, what? Washington crossed the Delaware, uh, was I there? Though no, uh, the Fourth of July happened back in 1776. We, I mean, we celebrated every year.
0: I wasn't there. I just can't be people. So hold on, though. Let me ask you this. Then someone said, "Well, there's older people dra- drag racing in the streets." Okay. The point of my conversation is Right, and the they're peaceful. You know what's 19, funny? They're 19, wrong too. They the to experience how to drive fast in a fucking moving uh, traffic, man. That's well, my point.
2: Let's be fair. They're wrong too.
0: Of Honestly, course. I have no sympathy for them either.
2: I know there's the old no. whataboutism. That's if that's your defense is whataboutism, you have no defense.
0: No doubt. You're an idiot too. I never I never I never cleared the grown-up for doing it. <laughs> so that's where you're confused here. I didn't say the grown-up that's 40 is better than the kid. What I am saying, though, that at least a 40-year-old has a shitload more of experience than the kid you're giving these fucking keys to and telling him to take the $100,000 car that has 700 horsepower down the highway at 100 miles an hour. That is the difference. And experience matters in this world, contrary to to your fucking belief. But anyway, um Steve, that's the problem. We have the generation that wants to make excuses for the idiot, and then we have the ones that are calling it like it is. There is no middle ground anymore. There is no gray area. You're left or you're right, you're red or you're blue, and that is the problem right now in my opinion. That is kind of what uh by I the think- way, coach, if
2: I draft a Jalen Carter, and he's still going to go top 5, I would say, okay, part of your stipulation, your contract, you're doing Uber. We don't trust you. I'm yeah. not saying you're a bad guy. We're not calling you Charles Manson, but you're not Mario Andretti. You're not A.J. Foyt or Jeff Gordon, the newer guy. But uh, you're, you're going to get an Uber endorsement, and you're going to be a spokesperson. That's what you're going to do. You're not playing Dukes of Hazard. You're not Luke and Duke. You're not Speed Racer. Okay, you're not Evil Knievel. Let's try not to kill anybody or involved in anything. This is ridiculous. We're giving you a lot of money. You're going to sit in the back seat. We're going to be driving Mr. Jalen Carter. That's what we're going to do.
0: This is it's our investment. This guy in the, the guy in the chat, Chase, here, he thinks that like, like I don't have buddies coaching at Georgia. Like I don't know people that know what happened.
2: <laughs> I love one guy. Who says, you guys don't know about sports. And I'm like, this guy literally coached college
0: football. It's hey. ridiculous. Chase, how about you? Go ride someone else's dick. Get the fuck out of here. All right, so look, I got two things. First of all, this guy, I know you're familiar with this whole Alabama basketball thing. You got this. uh, We have the whole issue. We have the gun charge. We have the kid that brought the gun. We have the actual capital murder. We have all these things. Then we have the kid that was allowed to play, Miller, who they pat down when he walked (laughs) in and did a dance. And then last night, Steve. Hmm. I have a new hated fan base. It's called the Alabama Crimson Tide Basketball Fans. I didn't know they had any. Yeah.
2: Word to Latrell Sprewell and Robert Ory and Wimp Sanderson. Those are the last three Bama basketball people I know and remember, to be honest. And by the way,
0: breaking news, Jalen Carter is back at the NFL combat yeah, yeah. after being charged in connection with the crash that killed two people. So he was released on... Own recognizance, O-R, and now he's back at the combine, and everything's all good. Two people are dead, but he's okay. He's at the combine. So all you excuse makers are okay. He's back at the combine, and and he's going to work real hard and do his due diligence, even though he's not working out. (laughs) Um, So last night, this occurs. A fight breaks out, if you haven't seen it. And his players run off the bench. So his players come off the bench and start a fight. Oh. So I don't want to get copyrighted. So roll tide. Le- let me ask you something here. Like, at what point do we have to look at this head coach Oates and say, okay, the shit's stacking up on this guy? <laughs> he, he Talk shit about Coach K, a legendary icon. He talked he 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 mocked Calvin Sampson in a shake line. He had a murder with two players of his 14 roster spots involved, which is about 14% of his roster, Steve. I wish my I wish Steve, I wish 14% of my roster were killing people and robbing McDonald. I would have been fired day one. 14% of your roster is quite a bit. So, I'm trying to figure out now they're running off the, the, the bench. Steve, when do we look outside and say, all right, these kids have no fucking respect for this guy. They really don't give a shit of what he says, what he does. And there's no fear factor, Steve. And I don't mean fearing oh. the coach as if he's going to beat your ass or fearing him as if he's going to blackball you from going to the NBA. It's a fear factor that we have lost in coaching that I'm I'm fearing I'm I'm fearful for letting you down, Coach, because you've given me X, Y, and Z. You've given me the shirt off my back. You've given me this NIL opportunity. You've given me all this shit. There's no more fearing that, Steve. We don't fear letting our mentors down, our coaches down. We are just like, fuck you. You already gave me $3 million. I'm out here. I don't care. I'm bringing a gun over here. And you know, Steve, for a fact, there was more than just two guys at that murder that night of those Alabama kids shooting that kid. Well, at least this team still has a lot of fight in it. Um, this, What's going on right there?
2: It kind of reminds me of Dennis Erickson at Miami at the end, but without the national championship pedigree. I just, you know, um, you show me a coach that's not respected, I'll show you an undisciplined team. Um, you yeah, know, that, that's the sad thing about college basketball. The only things I remember about this particular season is stuff of that nature. And two of those incidents involving Alabama – um uh, you know and the guy's attitude some of the stuff he said after the, the incident I was just like man this guy really doesn't get it um I don't know what to really say other than you want to talk about March Madness that's it what's going on inside the Alabama basketball program but um you know, it's starting to
0: be like it's starting to get crazy right like people are starting to be like wait up it, it I'm wondering if if if, if this kid go, if somebody goes out and robs McDonald's tomorrow is he is that that's not even nothing they're not even going to talk about that just show up to practice tomorrow. No, uh,
2: he, he would just consider that uh, another version of takeout or drive-through. But uh, look, winning's important there. I get it. Uh, you know, I'm not a Pollyanna, but there there has to be a point where the Alabama players themselves have to have a little self-awareness. You know what? Let's lay back this time. There's a lot of heat on us. And if we actually respect our coach, let's not put him in a position where then he has to answer. Hey, can
0: you control your club? Obviously they don't. And I don't get, I, it blows my mind that this guy is still there. You're at the home of Bear Bryant. You're at the home of Nick Saban. What no one's talking about, Steve, is this. When, when, That starting DN next year for Alabama's football team has to play LSU in a meaningful football game. And he has a hiccup and he goes in the dorm room and a girl claims domestic violence or something like that with three other kids. And this kid was there Saban has no wiggle room. Now, no leeway. And I I have a few buddies on the staff and Nick Saban is irate right now. What's going on because it is setting him up. Yeah, no wiggle room to get out of anything for his guys that fuck up in this coming season. Think about that—that that no one's talking. Yeah, well, Nick Saban's probably think. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I coach the program people care
2: about, and this bum's hurting me. I right, give me a break. I mean, I'm being dead serious. I can't name another Bama-related person past Wimp Sanderson, longtime coach, had a good career there. Robert Ori, Mr. Clutch. And Latrell Sprewell. So, and I thought, it's like, it's one of those programs where, you know, they're a major program because they're in the SEC Division One. I. I don't recall Alabama ever even making the Sweet 16 in the last 20 years. I, I mean, don't, I, don't I, I don't know how many Alabama fans actually care about basketball. I
0: really don't. I don't either. Um, okay. Okay. Hold on, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remove myself. You got the show. Put, I'm going to put this up. Is this guy wrong or right because he took a lot of heat for the Jalen Carter comments? I'm going to make you big, and I'm going to put this on.
1: Because we, we all agree it doesn't take a super scout to figure out that he's a phenomenal player in the interior. Mm-hmm. With Carter, there's some character issues. Does he get along with everybody? What's he like to deal with in the locker room? Those sorts of issues. I know it's early in the process, but I'm forewarning everyone out there. Carter's going to be kind of a hot-button name when we talk about some of the intangible aspects of it. I think, though, with Pete Carroll, sitting here number two, who has a long history of taking guys that have quote-unquote questionable character and then developing them and having it work out, it makes a lot of sense to me. But that will be the big discussion. It's not about his talent. It's not about his size. It's not about his explosive takeoff or finishing as a pass rusher.
0: So he said he has character issues, um, and everyone, like players and all these different guys, are defending the kid. They're like, "Man, see that's why kids get blackballed." And da 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 da. Now, how to do, how does everyone going to feel? Is it like a Skip Bayless situation? Is it is it? Well, look, this?
2: these guys talk to people. They have sources. I I don't think Todd McShay goes out there and says, "You know, i want to ruin a kid's stock and cost them millions. He has a job to do, uh, a job of that nature. You're not going to always please everybody, and people are going to be upset. I, I, I'm not saying that proves Todd's point, but it's not a great look for Jalen Carter, and 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 the the NFL clubs and certain members of the media, as they delve deep, will have information that the general public doesn't. Now, one incident does not necessarily brand a human being for life. We have to be fair about this. Maybe Jalen Carter never makes another really bad mistake of this nature again. Maybe at heart he really is a big teddy bear. Uh, I, I just wish that he wasn't doing the stuff he did. Because, again, um, it, it's one thing to do drugs by yourself in a loaded room and you get sky high. Don't really care. That's on you. You want to ruin your insides? that's on you. when you start to participate in activities that could adversely affect individuals that had nothing to do with your decision, I look at it in a different way. I'm a hardliner about that. So I don't know. But I, I do think Todd McShay now, I know a lot of people were so offended he said it. Hey, folks, he has a job to do. If he has enough information that he feels I can go on with this in front of millions of people. I, there's a reason why he said it,
0: and I don't think it's of a personal nature. I don't I don't know if driving a car irresponsibly is bad character. Um, but I do think it is irresponsible that you're not mature enough to have a car of that stature that you earned through an NIL deal that actually ended up killing two people, regardless of the scenario, regardless of how the thing played out. The bottom line is I don't – I don't think you – I think you made a mistake. We all do. I don't think you're a bad character. But McShay's saying there's other shit
1: going on. Right.
0: So who knows? He knows more than I do um, as far as that goes. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Aaron Rodgers, Steve, come out of the darkness. He didn't go on few, which I thought he would. He went on someone else's show. I guess he's one of Rogan's guys for the – one of the, the supplement companies and basically it's come out and I'm, I'm kind of losing care for him. Like, I don't really care for him no more. I, I'm not going to say I don't like him cause I don't know him. I don't, I don't care now what he does. And now to me, he is just, uh, he wants to be heard every day. And I'm like, for a guy that says he don't, he wants to be on the low, low, He's sure on everybody's fucking podcast. And I'm just like, dude, I'm tired of hearing you about – just do something or don't do it. Like, you're Aaron Rodgers. Like, just do something. I'm tired of the podcast, though.
2: Yeah, you know, there's the thing I wish for Aaron Rodgers. Make a decision. Are you going to play and then pick a team, work out a deal, be a leader? He's been terrible. He's been a terrible off-season quarterback in a sense that he has not done the duties – of a franchise quarterback like many others. He just hasn't. Everything's about something odd or unusual. He's climbing up the Himalayas. He's going on retreats and doing a 58-day fast with monks, okay? He's getting in touch with the spiritual side. You know, what the f- that got to do with football? I- I'm sorry. I-, I-, I have a standard. If you are a football player in a position of leadership and you get paid that much and you play that quarterback... I have expectate. I don't actually want you to do any of this stuff. I really that's what I kind of liked about Peyton Manning, that he was one-dimensional in his focus. It was football. God bless it. Really, I, I don't want eclectic guys on my team. I want guys that actually love the game of football, play the game. I'm not saying you don't have an off-season. You do, but his off-seasons have become this big melodramatic thing. And it almost speaks to the point that he's still gifted but his heart is not in the game like it is with other quarterbacks. Like we never hear of him throwing in the offseason to his receivers to develop chemistry. Now, I don't care about mini camps and mandatory passing camps. You have to be there. In my view, the very best people in their business, especially sports, they don't have an offseason. They really don't. They take about a week or two off, and they're back with their personal trainers if they care. So I don't know. Rodgers has kind of lost me. It actually gives me thought if I'm the New York Jets saying, "Hmm, if I'm only going to get one or two years of this guy. What version of of Rodgers am I really getting?"
0: You're going to get this guy pretty soon. He's going to be Aaron Rodgers soon. He's going to be on the poll and we're going to always want to see what's next. All right, let's get into some business. I got to I got to uh I want to talk to you about your top 10 college football teams of all time (laughs) now i told the crowd in the chat already that you can't have number 10 miami number nine miami number eight miami number seven clemson number six lsu number five miami number four usc number three miami number two miami number one miami so i i just you know i love we got john hadley listening because he can't wait to hear these top 10 He's old school in those sports. You're an encyclopedia. Everyone knows. Um, Top 10 college football teams. I'm going to start at number 10. Number 10. I'm going to go with the last national championship under Bear Bryant. 1979 Alabama team. Mm. That was the sixth title I think they won. It was Bear Bryant's last title. I know it goes way back. But that team, uh, I think, allowed six points a game. Um, I just think they dominated everybody, including the national championship game. The 79 Alabama Crimson tied with Bear Bryant as a coach uh, to win their last one before before Saban took back over years later. Uh, I put it number 10. So. Might be mm. a long time ago. So yeah,
2: that's the game. That's the game where they had that great goal line stand in the Sugar Bowl. I think it was Barry Krause. I think you nailed Mike Gooman. That that's well. I think the starting quarterback, if I'm not mistaken, was Jeff Rutledge. He was like a backup for years in the National Football League. I don't know if that's even Bear Bryant's best team though. Um, but that's that's okay. I think you got to make Alabama happy. So that's number ten.
0: Keep going. 2008 USC. Number nine, 2008 USC team. Now, listen. They they didn't win it all, though. I got the USC team at number nine, but I have number eight, the 2008 Texas Longhorns. Now, don't you – okay, now, here's the thing. 2008,
2: are you talking about the year they played? Because 2005 is when they played, when USC lost the
0: 3 That was was the four-season, five-year. I mean, 5 Yeah,
2: so – you know, I,
0: funny. I got that coming.
2: I actually thought under Pete Carroll. They could have won two or three more national titles after 2005. If there was a playoff system in six and eight. Specifically, I thought those two years are playing as well as anybody by the end of the season.
0: Oh, no, by far. And people don't realize. And I've talked to both Lane Kiffin, Sarkeesian, different guys that coach under both Nick Saban and Pete Carroll. There's a reason that Nick Saban is who he is right now, and that's because Pete Carroll is in the NFL.
2: By the way, the 2008 season, Mark Sanchez, I thought was really playing well. I, I no, If he returns in 2009, they probably win it. I still remember that 2008 year, they were thought of as maybe the greatest team of all time. They beat Ohio State early on at the Coliseum. People were anointing them at 2-0 as this is going to be one of the great teams. The next week, Thursday night, they go up to Corvallis, Oregon, and they could not stop Jaquiz
0: Rogers. It's one of the and most stunning upsets the I've brothers, ever seen. The Rogers brothers, by yeah. the way. Uh, yeah. I remember it like yesterday because Carroll always struggled in Corvallis. Yes. Lost to them in 2006, which also cost them a shot at a national title. Yep. And it's, it's unfortunate. So I got the eight Texas Longhorns as number eight. And then at number seven, I have the 18 Clemson Tigers. Mm, yes. Yes.
2: The Clemson, for about three, four years, they're going to talk about their quarterbacks. Obviously, two transcendent players in Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence. But the strength the most of the- loaded roster top to bottom. But the defensive line, the literally receiver's- for about a three-year stretch from Dexter Lawrence to Christian Wilkins to Clellan they literally had backups that would get drafted. And they were so good on the interior. And you know what I liked about Clemson the last uh, during the Dabo Sweeney run, right? Look at the teams they've beaten the last dozen years. They've beaten, like, every national championship team. Um, They beat LSU. They hammered Ohio State one year, 31-0 in the playoff. To beat an an Urban Meyer team, 31-0, is amazing. And then you had great talent from Sammy Watkins and Nuke Hopkins and uh, uh, Travis Etienne. But those defensive lines, I thought, really set them apart.
0: All right, you know I'm partial. I'm old school, just like you. I, I'm not, I'm not the anointing one. Uh, I'm so quickly to anoint teams. Number five, I got the 19 LSU Tigers.
2: You know what? I actually think they should be a little bit higher. Best offense I've ever seen, and they had 17 guys drafted. Joe Burrow could be an all-time great quarterback. They had an NFL receiver room. Let's just be honest about it. They, they had third and fourth receivers that are in the pros now. They had a first-round running back in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Randy Moss's son was a productive tight end. And their defense had Patrick Queen. They struggled early on in the year, but they still had guys drafted. I, I actually think they make a case for top three.
0: Uh, I, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Well, let's just – all right. Number four, the 1995 Nebraska Cornhuskers. Oh, too low. So here's the thing, though. Too low. In my criteria, I'm going to go through this and say, okay, could that 19, even though we'll never know, could that 19 LSU team fuck with that Nebraska Cornhusker team, in my opinion? No. Well, well, look, Nebraska would run triple option down your throat, and we talk about the best offense. That Nebraska offense averaged
2: 52 points a game. Coach, I'm going to say something right now. Uh, They're actually Nebraska. I have them higher, and – that Tommy team? Yes, and Tommy Frazier is as good as any college quarterback I've ever seen. And that, that does not mean NFL potential. That does not mean attributes. I'm talking for the role that he played. Wait, you're people, saying they should be higher or lower? I think they should be they they they, they challenge for number one. Okay, okay. I got Tommy right. Frazier. When people make a big deal about Tim Tebow, I say, yeah, I, I saw a guy that was just as good. Tommy Frazier, the pride of Bradenton, Florida. He was tough, he was smart. Nice throwing motion when
0: they asked him to do it. He was elusive. He was. number five for me. Sorry. Number four. Number four for me is the 93 Florida State Seminoles. Yeah.
2: You know what the problem is? They lost the game, though. I, To me, my all-time great teams didn't lose a game. Yeah. Uh, And they still got gashed at that game, the game of the century against Notre Dame. They could not stop that inside run with Lee Becton. The 93 team was really unstoppable in the beginning of the year because they ran that fast break offense. Did you
0: of they had Tavares Terra
2: Well they also they had Tamaric Van Over who's not really their number one receiver. No, nah, he was um, a he was a stiff slow guy. But they had but they had Derek Brooks anchoring the defense. They had a really good secondary and it was the year they finally got over the Miami hump. But Charlie Ward and Warwick Dunn were really electric. And they had Lonnie Johnson, NFL tight end. But again, Terrell
0: Buckley, wasn't he? Who? Buckley there?
2: Terrell Buckley graduated in 91. That was his last year. I, 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 problem is they lost the game, though. To me, the all-time greats find a way to go 12-0, 13-0, and now 15-0. That's my view.
0: All right, next for me, 1972 USC Trojans. A loaded squad, NFL Hall of Famers
2: all over, especially on the offensive line, both sides of the line of scrimmage. That's been a team for the past 20 years. When people talk about all-time great teams,
0: they are always in there. I know people are talking about the 2012 Florida State team. I think Jimbo inherited that roster. I don't think that ro- – I don't know. If- well, that's
2: the 13 team. By the way, that 13 team, FSU – they're about as dominant as any national championship team the last decade. If you actually look at their point margin, the way they just blew teams out, and Jameis Winston had an all time great year. And then defensively, I think he had like eight or nine guys make the NFL from Joyner, Tevin Smith, Tank Carradine. I mean, they were a loaded squad. And look, say what you want about Jameis Winston, but as a college player,
0: that guy was special. Uh, he was. All right, next for me, 71, Nebraska.
2: Oh, with Johnny Rogers.
0: Johnny Rogers. Mm. That team was uh, pretty damn hard to beat.
2: It was. I Boy, that's, that's when you compare eras, and you got the size and speed. But that's another team that's generally in the top five of all time. You see them on a lot of lists. All right, next, 2004, USC. Very fair. You you had two Heisman Trophy winners in the backfield and Lendell White. So you had White, Reggie Bush, who may be the most dynamic college player of the last twenty five years, alongside Adrian Peterson, Matt Leinart, first round draft choice, one a Heisman. You had I think Steve Smith and Dwayne Jarrett as your receivers and uh, Bird. Dominic Burr. There two for a minute. Right. And then you had your offensive line, which had a couple of first rounders and guys like Freddie Matu. And then defensively, this is that that to me, the 2014 team was the best defensive team Pete Carroll had at USC. And they had Lofa Tatufu, kind of was the glue guy right in the middle. That's
0: I they make
2: a strong argument. And the way they blew out – you know what was funny? Yeah, when the
0: white linebacker from New Jersey.
2: Yes, yeah, he also had Keith Rivers, right? Keith Rivers. Rivers, Arkansas kid. They had right. the- so coach. I remember watching that game when they played at the Orange Bowl um against Oklahoma. Oklahoma actually was the favorite, I think. And I remember Mark May saying, I think Oklahoma with young Adrian Peterson, maybe the greatest team ever, and they're gonna show it tonight. They blew him out like 52 to 17 is one of the greatest Can't displays I've ever seen. Or Black Mark May. <laughs> the brother. Not Mark Mayo. Good grief. I can't believe I. And By the way, Norm Chow called one of the great games of all time. That was like his
0: Magnus Opus. my uncle. Not really. Running boot naked and just to a tee. It was so unbelievable. They had Reggie Bush coming out on boot naked and coming across the formation from the backside. They were hitting him on crossing routes out of the backfield on a boot naked. And everyone lost him. And he would just go for 80. Like, people didn't catch him. Like, that that team was just – machine loaded cushing cushing was there brian cushing yes um all right and my number one team strictly because my good friend was the old line coach then they had probably i would argue it's the most loaded roster of all time the 01 miami hurricanes yeah and you know what's funny i'm not so sure
2: that oh good friend of mine you know i'm not so sure they're as good as the team before the year before, to be honest with you. I know people are going to be stunned by that, but that team lost the game. They lost at Washington. They lost,
0: and I, I know that team too. I know that team too. Now, there's teams that I would put in here in the discussion that I, when I went through this, the Urban Meyer-led Florida team. Yeah. They deserve some credit. They deserve some possibility. They were unbelievable. They won a net. They won a net. He won two Natties, I believe, at, at Florida. Yes. But that team, what year was that? Oh, well, they won it in 06, and that's kind of a Cinderella run because
2: they lost to Ole Miss in the beginning. Yeah. And they won with uh, – Chris Leak was the starting quarterback. Yeah. And, Ur- and Urban deployed Tim Tebow as a freshman as, like, the third down, get me the first down, you know, a Wildcat quarterback. It's really that
0: 07 team that it was loaded on yeah, both sides. 16 team, 07 mm-hmm. team. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That team was the one and you had his Ohio State team, no one wants to talk about his first year at Ohio State, he went 10 and 0. But they were on probation and couldn't play in a bowl game. Do you remember that?
2: Yeah, they actually went 12 and 0, but the team that beat Alabama in the semifinals, they had Zeke Elliott, they had all sorts of NFL wide receivers. What's funny was the oh, the 2015 Ohio State team was thought to be a great team, and they were, but they, they they were kind of frustrating. And they had issues, and they lost the game to Michigan State at home, and they only scored like 17 points that game. They lost on it. And I remember Zeke Elliott said after the game, uh, our coaching staff blew it. I should have got the ball more." I'll never forget that. Um coach, the 2000 Miami team I think actually may have been better than the 01 team for one couple reasons. They had Dan Morgan who was who won every defensive award that year. And at wide receiver, what was interesting, Andre Johnson was great no 2, right? Going to be a future Hall of Famer. But the receivers in 2000 were Reggie Wayne who might be a Hall of Famer and Santana Moss. I thought as a duo, they were as good as anyone at Miami by the time they were through. Um It was great. Who was the tight end? The tight end was Jeremy Shockey. Shockey, and then Olsen
0: came after, right? Olsen
2: came about five years after. Now, here's the funniest thing. The best Miami team ever might actually be the 1986 team that blew the Fiesta Bowl, one of the poorest jobs of coaching ever. I love Jimmy Johnson. You give that ball to Alonzo Highsmith 10 more times, and don't let Vinny Testaverde literally throw that game away. Jimmy Johnson, has said, that's the finest college football team I've ever seen. It's the finest one I've ever coached. It's the finest one I've ever been associated with. But they did not win it. I That almost disqualifies them. Now, about 95 Nebraska. I, I think that team and Miami 0-1 oh, are the two best. I, I don't actually argue with people that have them interchange. And I'll tell you why that team was great, in my view, as great as they are. Tommy Frazier was a couple of bad plays in the 94- orange bowl when bobby bowden won his first national title i thought nebraska got the short end of the stick on every bad call Tommy frazier should have won three national titles okay now
1: yeah the
2: running backs were lawrence phillips and the backup was amon green who's a beast right they had nf they had a great offensive line a couple guys got drafted but defensively the black shirts if you actually look at that roster they had about, on the 2 deep. they had about 15 guys or 16 guys get drafted from Mike Brown, Michael Booker. Uh a bunch of L.A. kids
0: on that roster, yeah, brother. Jer-
2: uh, Winstrom. Grant Winstrom was on Grant that Winstrom. team. Garrett Tomich was on that team. The Peter brothers were on that team. Uh, they also had Tyrone Williams, longtime cornerback for the Packers, big, strong guy. They had a great little rover by the name of Terrell Farley, and that was the difference with Nebraska when they started to win it they started to employ a little bit more speed. So that's a team that I I always say it's either 0-1 Miami or Nebraska of 95. And I, I'm not going to lie to you. In terms of coaching, I think Larry Coker was below average. Any team that could win it with Larry Coker probably is a great team. But in a big game situation, who would you rather have preparing your team, Tom Osborne or Larry Coker? It's
0: an easy oh, question. No there's some other teams, though, that we haven't talked about, but they're like the, the, the 99 Florida State team that beat Michael Vick's Virginia Tech team. Great team. It was a good team, too. I, I, I don't know if they would have been able to handle that Nebraska team. Well, I don't, that would have been tough, but let, let's just put it
2: this way. People forget Peter Warwick was a lock for the Heisman until he went on his shopping spree at Dillard's. Peter Warwick at the college level may be the most elusive wide receiver I have ever seen. His ability to make people miss. Percy
0: Harvin would be mine.
2: Yeah, Percy was like more explosive. Percy had more explosion and probably more top-end speed. Peter Warwick had footwork like Fredest. I've never seen a guy. Johnson feet. Yeah, I mean, but Peter Warwick could get a little shuttle screen or a smoke screen and make eight guys miss. I've never seen anything like it. Uh, Wankie at the college level at 38 years old was great. And defensively, they had a lot of guys make the national football league. That, that was like the last, well, no, 2000 was a good year for Florida state too. Um, let me see what other teams really stood out. You know, the one team that frustrates me to this day, Hey, Terrell Terrell Farley, uh, actually went to independence community yeah. college fast little guy. Number 43. If I remember. Yeah. Um, the one Miami team I thought is as good as any Miami team ever, and they lost two games that year it was in 1990. I know players on that team. Claude Jones, great friend of mine. He was the starting guard, played right next to Crystal Ball. I talked to him often. He says, Steve, to this day, because I have three national title rings from my time at Miami. I lost four games my whole life. I said, Steve, that 1990 team, I don't know how we lost twice. It, it's one of those years, Coach. The team could never really get it together. Dennis
0: Erickson had some of the most talented rosters of all time. Well,
2: he could thank thank the great Jimmy Johnson. He could – you know what type of team Jimmy gave Dennis? And I actually think if Jimmy would have just stayed in in Miami, he would have been Bear Bryant, Nick Saban. He would have had like a whole brass knuckles on each hand. He had recruiting down to a science. But the team that Dennis Erickson had – our defensive tackles were Cortez Kennedy, Russell Maryland and the backup was Jimmy Jones who played eight nine years in the pros that's the type of team that he left them and he left them young freshmen by the name of Michael Barrow Darren Smith Jesse Armstead Daryl Williams, Ryan McNeil and a bunch of other guys the Jimmy recruiting classes were awesome but Florida State 2013 I think is in my top 10 just the dominance that they had was year? They beat Auburn in the Rose Bowl in a great game.
0: That's why I was like, that Auburn team to me, that was with Nick Marshall, who was at, I mean, he was at Garden City. So, by the way, Garden City's uh, quarterback was Nick Marshall. The running back was Tyreek Hill. Oh, wow, a lot of speed there. That's at one Juco. And if you go up the street to another Juco in that same league at Hutch, they had a guy named Alvin Kamara and Cordell Jones. I mean, yeah. I mean, Cordell Patterson. So you, that was at Hutz. And then if you go up the street to Butler that year, they had, uh, I want to say, Zach Taylor was a QB for Butler. By the way, we got to put in one of the Nick Saban Alabama teams.
2: I, I don't know which one. Is I mean, yeah, because they all kind of, but I'm just telling you, this one year, I mean, they have years where they have like a wide receiver foursome of rugs and uh, Devontae Smith, <laughs> they have a track team out there. They I mean, won 20, they won, but is that 20 team better than the 19 LSU team? I don't know. I don't know, but, I mean, look, look at the one team. Um, They had years where their whole defense was basically drafted. The 2012 Alabama team that blew out Notre Dame, uh, they had Amari Cooper, uh, they had a good quarterback and A.J. McCarron at that level. Defensively, they were monsters, big, strong guys. One of those Nick Saban teams. Has to be um, in the top 10, in my view. Uh, Another great team, I hate to say it, 88 Notre Dame. I mean, they had Ricky Waters. They had the Brooks brothers. They had Tony Rice, was a great quarterback. And, and the the Rocket, one of the great playmakers of all time. But defensively, they had Chris George. Tony Rice? Tony Rice, one of the great college quarterbacks of that era. Right. And then defensively, they had Stonebreaker, Chris Zorich, Todd Light. I hate to say it because that's
0: Notre Dame. And they beat- Taylor, who was supposed to be on my show yesterday.
2: Right. So that that 88 team of Notre Dame is probably the most talented team put together by Lou Holtz at his Notre Dame uh, run. I remember in 89, they kept winning every game till Thanksgiving weekend. And uh, they fulfilled Jimmy Johnson's request to beat Notre Dame. That was on a Thanksgiving weekend on Friday on CBS. That game was the most built-up college football game that I can recall uh, that wasn't called the game of the century because Miami had lost to Florida State earlier that year. Um, What other teams? You know, USC had some other great teams in the late 70s that had like Ronnie Lott, Marcus Allen, Charles White, uh, Joey Browner, dennis smith and a bunch of offensive linemen one of the sc teams in the late the mid to late 70s has to be in there coach if you look at their rosters, right
0: yeah i got 72 team they had i mean You had the oj team which was what 77 no oj was much sooner oj played in the late 60s oh i mean i mean uh not 77 67 yeah that team, those were some loaded he teams. Went to San Francisco, he went to San Francisco Juco in 60, what, 6? Six? Yeah. And then he went to SC in 67, 68. Oh, by the way, another team, 05
2: Texas with Vince Young at the college level, great quarterback. But they had Jamal Charles, right? Um, uh, Their receivers were okay. They had, they had an NFL tight end, Thomas. They had some offensive linemen. Defensively, they were really good. I remember their secondary. I think most of their secondary made the National Football League. That Texas team is probably in the top 20. I and, mean, look, when you beat USC and to deny them of a three-peat in what is basically a home game in L.A., you got to give that team credit, too. What about the 90 Colorado team? Great team, except they had a tie and they had a loss, and they needed a fifth down. But in terms of being loaded, you had Darian Hagan. You had – uh
0: what else came then that he was on the team yeah
2: he was, i think it was yeah a little bit later Charles johnson look you had b enemy he b had, enemy yeah davis mcgee alfred williams chad yeah. brown who was a really good pro um i think Dion figures was on that team yeah uh, Figured, chad brown from john muir high school Pasadena. right so that team was a great team that was a great team they, 85 oklahoma Really good team, except they lost to Miami. I know, that's the But, thing. but that's a team that had like, – look, Keith Jackson is underrated. We you know, we're talking about all-time great tight ends. Coach, we gave oh. no love to Keith Jackson. I know. That guy was a great tight end. And in today's game, he'd be he'd be like Travis Kelsey almost. Really, he was that good. And I remember in Oklahoma, his season stats would be like, Keith Jackson, All-American. He'd have like 20 catches, but he'd have like 500 yards. Because every play was like this explosive – play action thing where they throw it deep and remember they won with Jamel
0: Holloway coming in for Troy Aikman. They beat yes. Penn
2: State in the Orange Bowl.
0: You know the problem is you had another Keith Jackson. It was an old ass white dude who was announcer. Well, no, no, Keith Jackson. Oh, no, no. And that took away from Keith Jackson to tie it in when he got to the league. They were like Keith Jackson's announcer. And I'm like yeah. no tight end.
2: He was uh, but Keith Jackson was great won a Super Bowl with the Packers I believe. Greg the... Beaker
0: Greg Beaker yeah I forgot Greg Beaker was he, yeah Greg
2: Beaker was another really good player on that team, they had. I think they like Leonard Renfro. He got drafted really high. So the Colorado 1990 team, certainly very, very talented. I know we're probably missing a few teams here. 90, think,
0: 94 Penn State team
2: was good. Okay, 94 Penn State, one of the best uncrowned champions, and that's where I said, okay, let's just get a playoff. You had Kerry Collins, first round quarterback, Kajana Carter. I hate when people call Carter a bust. He was injured, folks. His career. Let me when he was on his game he was as good as any running back in the 90s as I've seen. When you watch a, a healthy Kajana Carter, I said, that guy's going to be a thousand-yard rusher for a decade. It's really a shame that his first carry um, as a pro, he blew out his knee, basically. Then your your wide receivers, you had like Bobby Ingram, you had Kyle Brady at tight end, you had a couple linemen make the pros. The backer, the big backer. Uh... The You know what? Their defense struggled that year. That's what kind of kept them out of the national title thing, but I don't remember their defense having that many
0: NFL that, guys. The, uh, the, the, the fucking uh, neck roll that uh, – what's his name? Uh,
2: Not LeVar Arrington. He came later.
0: No, Arrington's after him. Um, the other kid, god damn it. The
2: 94 – I can't – I don't remember that many defenders from the 94 team, to be honest with you.
0: What, because what, we're, what were the good teams that uh, Edmund played on? Washington, 91. Levin, 89,
2: 90, 91.
0: 91 Washington team
2: with Mario Bailey. Mario Bailey? They had two NFL quarterbacks. Over bailey struck the
0: Heisman pose yeah. uh,
2: because Desmond Howard won it that year. Yeah. And
0: Mario Bailey had an argument.
2: They uh they also had Bino Bryant from Dorsey Bino High Bryan. School. Fast but the guy that really gave him the juice at the end of the year or games, Napoleon Kaufman
0: out of Lone Poke. Hey, we had to play him in high school, bro. I know all about Napoleon.
2: And they had Lincoln, Kennedy. Lincoln, Kennedy. And they had a couple other off. But their defense, they used to run like a nine-man front coach before all the spread. So they would literally load the box. And they played more than just the bare front. And so Edmond, one of the most, I think he's in the Mount Rushmore of most dominant defensive tackles I've ever seen at that level. Who was the QB? Was it Brunel or was it? Was it Brunel and Billy Joe Hobart. They Billy kind of Joe flipped. Yeah. And so that's the year they split the title with Miami. That would have been a great game. The 91 Miami defense coach did something that will never be done again. They averaged, they gave up less than 10 points a game. I know,
0: nine
2: nine 9.7 or something. 9.1. And the heartbeat of that defense was the Bermuda Triangle. Bar, uh, Barrow, Armstead, Smith, and Daryl Williams, one of our great safeties, but that '91 Washington uh, defense, to me, if they played nowadays, everyone would just go gun and spread it out because you could not block M. Edmund. He would just dominate the A gap. Uh, he used to push guys back in the. But they also had a lot of other great uh, defensive players like Chico Fraley, Jaime Fields. Uh, they had Dana Hall was a first round uh, defensive back. So that was a really, really tough defense. Edmond was unbelievable. It's really a shame he blew out his
0: knee early in his uh, NFL career. What about what about that Desert Swarm defense in Arizona that year?
2: Yeah, you know, the Desert they Swarm. Were, they had
0: good defense, but they didn't win shit.
2: Petty Bruski. Well, the problem was they literally had to pitch shutouts. You know when the Desert Swarm got famous was when Miami was the defending national champion in 1992. Yep. They went up to the Orange Bowl. They were like a 28-point underdog. So I had gone to the Arizona-Miami game the year before. We blew them out in Tucson. I thought, oh, it was going to be an easy game. I'm at the Rose Bowl watching Marshall Falk against UCLA. And Marshall only had like one good run. UCLA kind of ran them out of there. So the whole game, they're giving updates. Miami won that game 8-7. And I said, what the hell's going?" And that's the game where Steve McLaughlin, I think, was their kicker, missed like a 50-yarder by this much. And Miami held on by dear life, and that's the game where the desert swarm really became popular. They had a quarterback from Carson, California, who was famous for being
0: ambidextrous, George Maluwalu. Do you remember him? I, I, what do you mean? I talk to George every day. George is yeah. my boy. I, George runs an Aiga Foundation, which is a Polynesian football deal. He's, yeah. he's the king in the Polynesian world. He could literally throw the ball lefty or
2: righty. That's what he was famous for, and he was the quarterback that came.
0: But I, I just remember we couldn't block Brewski, and we right couldn't. George, a good, good friend. His, his, his daughter is one of the best pitchers in America, at UCLA. So- and they also
2: had a white guy that got drafted by the Chiefs that was really good. And and then when Arizona played Keith, Miami, his name the- was-
0: yes. he was from uh, Westlake. Yeah, but Keith, so uh, Keith Smith. It was Keith Smith
2: was the quarterback from Newberry Park. Newberry Park. And then they had my buddy that went to Long Beach, Jordan, also. But they had a defensive tackle, another white guy that was drafted in the fourth round by the Chiefs. But they couldn't block him either. So so in the 93-year Miami plays in the Fiesta Bowl, early in the morning, you could tell. I knew they didn't want to play the game because they lost to West Virginia late, knocked them out of the national title run. Arizona blasted Miami 29-nothing. We literally could not get into a three-step drop. I've never seen us. and I knew right then I told my buddy Erickson's out of here. He's lost control of the program. <laughs> so, yeah, the Desert Storm, they they didn't get a lot of help. They did not get a lot of help offensively uh, from Dick Tomey's unit. Another t- what are the other teams that we like? But Florida State, I've all, I've always said Florida State some of their best teams did not win the national title. And thought, that UCLA team that lost to Miami at the end of the season when they should have played them game one. Yeah. But you know what coach, that defense, stopped, that defense could not stop a leaky faucet. Nah,
0: they couldn't at the end.
2: They couldn't throughout the year. They were pretty consistent. Um, but I look at Florida state, the 87 Florida state team was a great team with Deion Sanders. Uh, they had the fab four receivers. They lost to Miami by one point when Bobby decided to go for two at the end. Um, The 1997 Florida State team, I thought, may have been one of the two or three best teams Bobby Bowden ever put together. And they lost to Florida late at the Swamp. Now, Coach, this is one of the greatest jobs I've ever seen by a coach. Steve Spurrier literally rotated quarterbacks every play. It was Noah Brindice and Doug Johnson. And that game, I actually watch once in a while. The play calling he came up with with that game late to get the ball to Jaquiz Rogers and guys of that. I said, wow, Spurrier really is great offensively. But that 97 Florida State team in a playoff, I actually think they may have beat Michigan or Nebraska. I thought they were that talented.
0: The 95 Florida team, I think, got waxed by Nebraska.
2: Well, they only lost 62-21. Yeah, that that Florida team was. They really- had a lot of NFL talent, but they were soft, and that was that was the year. So they get blown out in that game, right? And the and the the defining play was near the end of the third quarter. Frazier runs like an option. Play gets bottled up. Coach Frazier literally b- broke like nine tackles. He literally was shrugging guys off like Techmobile, Bo Jackson, eighty eight, and it was the most embarrassing play. So that's the year that Spurrier said, "Okay, I got to fix my defense." They brought in a guy by the name of Bob Stoops.
0: And they won a title two years uh a year or two later. Fact the next year they did, 96. Yeah, uh, Sean Waffle brought it up. I was just about to talk about the 97 Nebraska team too that Frost was on. They were loaded. They beat that Florida team. I mean, they beat that uh, Peyton Manning Tennessee team. Yes, they did. They throttled them with Scott Frost as the quarterback. I'm on
2: Green, they am have- On Green is so underrated. Yeah, they had he uh so underrated, but I'm just telling you that ninety-five Nebraska team, when you watch them, and the way they got off the ball, the way they would just body punch and punish people, it was a and I'm just telling you, Tommy Frazier. To me, when they say Tim Tebow, greatest quarterback ever in college, I say, Nope, Frazier. I am just telling you, look at you know it's funny though, coach, because he ran a lot of options, his stats don't look good, but when you watch the game. Tommy Frazier played winning quarterback. He did like, – look, the year they won it in 94, right? They beat Miami late. Warren sat was Superman for about three quarters. Remember they had that white guy, Brooke Berenger, because Tommy had the blood run, clot, run, right? Run. Brooke was a big, strong guy. People actually thought he could get drafted, but he just did not have the speed or the twitch. So, so Osborne just said, you know what? We're going to ride with 15, and it was his athleticism and his quickness against a tiring Miami defense, that was the difference. Because if he never comes really back in, I think Miami actually finds a way to win that game, even though the offense was throttled late. Tommy Frazier was special. Great. And, college uh, football
0: Darian, Darian Hagan, Jamel Holloway. Yes. I, I wouldn't even say Scott Frost, but Charlie Ward, That to me, he did everything. And that Coach, was-
2: you know what's funny about uh, you mentioned Charlie Ward? A couple nights ago, the ACC Network, uh, they did a one-hour documentary that they produced a couple years ago called Charlie Ward, Twice as Nice. Think about what a great athlete this guy was. Not only did he win a national championship in football. Heisman. The Florida State team, I think, made the Sweet Six team in basketball. I forgot they had Sam Cassell and Bobby Sur. So that's three My NBA team. guys Pat I'm Kennedy sure had. The team. Yeah. So think about how great of an athlete Ward was. Not only does he win the Heisman, the national title, But in in that era, he beats Duke in basketball and Miami in football. So when we talk about Bo Jackson, Deion Sanders, you know what? Let's not forget about old Charlie Ward there. But then he played like 12 years in the NBA. I was a hell of an athlete. And you know what's funny? He's one of the most revolutionary quarterbacks of this era we don't talk about because his first two games at Florida State, he started in 92, Coach. And this is where system and style matters. He threw eight interceptions behind center in that Bobby Bowden pro style. So they're losing a game. I remember watching this game. They're down 21-7, quarter to go. against Georgia Tech and Bobby Dodd. He looked terrible. So Mark Rick was the quarterback coach, and, and uh, Coach Scott, Brad Scott, was a the coordinator. They got so desperate, they said, oh, Jesus Christ. All right, they, no, just go shotgun spread. No huddle. Let Charlie make shit up. as he, And guess what? That's how the fast break was born, which they ran for the next 12 years. But Charlie Ward under center, huddling, was below average. Shotgun spread, up-tempo, one of the greatest college quarterbacks you'll ever see. So it goes – I mean, because Spurrier was doing it across town. Yeah, but he didn't go up-tempo, though.
0: No, no, no. And but a
2: lot was, of his stuff was under center.
0: Out, it, you know, then yeah. he got
2: warful later and he right. started – But Charlie was not that tall. So no. him and a gun and they used to run. And they had like – they didn't have great – they had Kez McCorvey was a really good possession receiver. But, man, Charlie Ward in a shotgun spread could see the whole field and his ability to extend plays and run and be safe. Brilliant player. Brilliant athlete and a great human being.
0: Hey, I just thought of something too. Sean Gilbert. Underrated. Oh, aliquipa aliquipa's finest. Hey, underrated. Um you know Martin what the problem with John Gilbert
2: the was, though, Coach? Hold on. He was the number three pick by my L.A. Rams after the 1990 season. When he wanted to play, he was unbelievable. You know what the problem is? The motor was not great. He did not have a great motor. No, he was too fat. Oh, you mean like Albert Hainsworth, one of your top 20? Th- oh, my – I'm still getting over that one, Coach. God, yeah, he God. Was Albert a, Hainsworth. He was I wanted to
0: dude. get McChesney on there to cuss you out. He Albert was a Hainsworth. dude, though. He was a dude. Um. Uh, hey so know. before we you get out of here this right here mac jones rumors are coming out that Belichick had to tell the staff not to yell at him because he was too sensitive and he couldn't get yelled at i think it's terrible bill be who you are what are you we are doing know right i hate
2: that i hate that you know look if you can't take cup coaching get the out of here and now look let's be fair to mac No one deserved Matt Patricia as an offensive coordinator. That was not fair to him. That's a mistake on Bill. But if Bill is all about the Patriot way and the culture, coach the kid.
0: Get him out of there then. What about this kid? This guy came back after retirement after six months off. He said, now I should be ready to go. He a break, he, he, he took a timeout in the safe space. Come on,
2: coach. What it's like oh, it's,
0: it's all it's becoming laughable. I'm not even gonna be mad no more. Like, like fuck a me.
2: boxer, you know how many boxers have said to me, Steve, I'm tired. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm tired. And then, uh, you're late, like, hey, Steve. I'm coming back. Did you ever leave?
0: <laughs> just, come on. I'm just like, dude, come on, man. We're so fucking soft, it's unbelievable to me. Yeah. Uh, all right, before you get out of here, the Lakers. They win a game last night without AD, without LeBron. Um, are they going to make the playoffs?
2: They might. I, I don't know. Without LeBron, it's kind of tough. I, I hope they don't because I want this LeBron era to be over. I, I, I want to go back to being a Laker fan. I know people hate me for it. I don't care. Um, I don't care about the NBA. I really don't. If someone said, Steve, do you want to watch today's game on TNT, or w- w- would you rather watch YouTube stuff of the Showtime Lakers and the Bird Lakers and the Pistons and Michael Jordan, of course? I'd let be me, like
0: punch up the YouTube. I watched TNT just for Barkley and Shack. For
2: Barkley, right? So but it's, so it's the only game where you say, hey, when's the game over? We need to get to the post-game show. let that tell you about the product.
0: Not good. Not hey, good. How though are the Clippers favored to win the championship when they've never even been to a final? I just that is the annoyance.
2: Well, I'm the, with the, you. Mainstream media, Steve. When the when the Clippers got that guy that doesn't want to play, Kawhi five zero, that was that doomed him. That doomed him. I'm, I just don't trust the guy. I, look, he seems like an odd personality by NBA standards. Um, I don't trust the guy. And you're right, they've never actually gone. I think to the. I don't think they've ever gone past the second round, right? That's been the farthest of the. I still remember eight nine years ago, in an eliminating elimination game at home they were up 18 against the houston rockets in the third quarter and they blew it that right there i kind of feel like that was their window and they never really recovered and but it is what it is i mean good luck to the clippers good luck to the nba i won't be watching hey i know you're gonna go to miami and watch spring ball i am i i care we got to rebuild this thing yeah, we got a lot of work to do got a lot I, of work do to do you go out there for spring ball I did last year. I'm going to go this year, visit friends. It's also a social thing, a little time to you know get away. I love South Florida weather, believe it or not. Uh, I know a lot of the players, people in the program, friends, boosters, yeah, yeah, hang out a little bit. It's fun. It's
0: a good time out there. Is Scottie Pippen Jr. going to leave the Lakers? <laughs> yes, God,
2: yeah, Larsa. Larsa, she's for the streets. Anyway. Anyway, coach, I got to get to my
0: workout. You go get your uh, Korean curls in and let me know how it goes.
2: This doesn't come natural coach. I got to work at this. Don't ever forget that. I'll talk
1: to you later.
0: coach, man. I'll talk Uh, to you later. Later. Steve Kim. um, Follow him on Twitter. If you're not following him on Instagram, Um, on Twitter, he goes hard on everybody. Uh, Man, I appreciate everybody joining me, hitting the like button, subscribe. Become a member if you're not one. We got a few me- new members here. CoachJBStore.com. There's new merch on the table out there. Go get you some new hoodies. Go get you some new gear. Uh, all right, real quick. I'm going to drop the link. Uh, I got a trivia question. I got a trivia question. Let me let me, let me me see here. What? Let me see. I got a trivia question for somebody. Members only drop in, call in. I'm going to drop the chat. I'm going to drop the link in the chat. Joe Accord's giving people like memberships. Joe Accord's out there killing it. Uh, make sure you follow the friendly weatherman on the show. Joe, Joe Accord. He'll give you the tornado ins and outs, and he'll give you all that. Um, uh, Hold on, I gotta. Let me copy this.
1: Um, uh, Hudson, what up? What up? What up? What up? All right, man, you ready for a hoodie? Shoot, I'll do. I'll do the best I can. And then after that, I got. I gotta ask you a question about. Suspect. All right, ask the question first. I don't know. Why are you on Alabama? Why are you on them saying Brandon Miller? This like, if he did it, he would have been arrested. Okay.
0: No, they wouldn't have you know how many people have got away with fucking murder in Alabama? They don't care in Alabama. Come on, man. Homer, you
1: gotta take Listen, the listen, listen. And, uh, listen take listen. the crimson blinders off, dog. Listen, listen, listen. All right, Brandon Miller. I figure I figured you would have gave him this prop after all hey, that. No, I'm
0: mean. not first of all, I never said he did it. I never said that. I said as the coach and the leader. You cannot allow this optic to happen, and that is what makes everything look bad. That is what I've said. I don't know if Miller did shit. I wasn't there. I've never said he did it. I've never said anything. I've said the back, the 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 actions that have happened since has been real fucking bad. So
1: I get that. I get that. That is all I'm saying. I, but I'm but will you give will you give him his props for under all that pressure? He walks out and drops forty one. Yeah, I, I said that.
0: I said that on the show. Oh, so you, I'm not tripping on that. But what I'm saying is, this coach Oates, who everyone now, you know, they got the, they were number one in the country for a while. And this is the thing. Dog, you understand that you disrespected Coach K, Calvin Sampson. Now you do a pat down entry way. Like, dog, this guy's starting to look like a fucking
1: clown. No, Man, just, I just win, baby. guy. Coach Oates, Hey, just fine. win, baby. Oh, I, I feel you. I got hey. you. I got you. All right, what's the question? All right. And then, trust me,
0: I've, I've, I'm on record, dog. I'm on record. I got receipts. I said, I've been the lone wolf. I get it when your back's against it and no one else likes you because you're beating their ass in recruiting, because you're beating their ass on the fucking court or on the field. I'm all with it. But I've never been a bitch-made cat and disrespected a legend in the game or a fucking mentor or anything. Because you know why, dog? He's setting a bad precedent for all these young cats out here coaching that are trying to come up who think, okay, now I'm going to get a job in 10 years. Let's say I'm 50-fucking-five one year and I'm going to get a job and you're going to get a head job and we're going to play each other and you're going to be like, fuck you, Coach A.B., you ain't shit. That is what this guy is setting precedent for, for the youngsters. That's my issue. Um, All right. Here's a one-time shot. How long is a marathon? 24 miles. Beep. Nope. Uh, Jay Henry, how long is a marathon? What's up, coach? Jay, what happened? You
1: fucking got Boost Mobile. Uh, Who's that? Your your jack-off buddy? No, that's that's my that's my college teammate. What else oh, okay. There? Hey the recovery boots. You know what I'm saying? What is it? The recovery boots. What the fuck is that? It's like for recovery. You know what I used to use? An ice bath? Fucking ice. Go put <laughs> hey. the fucking ice on. Stop being hey. soft. The hey the new hey the new the new uh research shows that you know ice might not be as good for you as you think. It restricts blood flow, it doesn't let the white blood cells get to you and take care of you. You know what I'm saying? Hey, look at you in Kenny's class. <laughs> hey, you <a> knew's major? <laughs> nah, not yet.
0: Hey, rise, dog. Rest, ice, what what else? you know that whole thing?
1: Rest. rest rest, ice, compression, elevation. Come on, man. I got you. I got you. I appreciate you having me on. You have hey, man,
0: keep going out there and teaching the youth. I appreciate you. All
1: right. Yes, sir. Later. Um,
0: Jay, what up? Jay, your shit ain't working, dog. You got Boost Mobile. Um, Come on, Alabama fans. Save it for the football season. I know you guys got your homer blinders on. I I love the homers. I love it. I do. I love you guys having your team's backs. I really do. But let's be real. Bad look. Bad look. Um, that's just my opinion, dog. I don't have no dog in the fight. I don't really care. Um, live golf. What is that shit? You put the little sign. You put the sign over PGA. Live over. Brian, you're wrong. Brian Martinez. You're wrong. You are wrong. Brian Martinez. It's 26.2 miles. Come on, man. It's a fucking marathon. Everybody knows a marathon, 26.2 miles. Hey, I appreciate everybody, man. I got to get out of here. I got to get ready for some more audio book reading chapters. I got a guy coming over to fix them in my house, and then I got to get to the book. I got to get this audio book out there so I can start on the second book. Mediocrity is the New Excellence. You already know the title. Can't wait to get after it, man. I appreciate everybody coming on in. Hit the like button before you get out of there. We should have 300 400 likes why don't i get 400 likes how hard is it to hit a like button man hit the like button on the way out the door and uh i will see you guys on the other side as uh i'll be back first thing in the morning appreciate everybody coming on in and uh i'll see you tomorrow peace